Earth Justice is a national legal nonprofit defending the environment and people's health. Until justice stands for all, our lawyers will never rest. More at earthjustice.org slash never rest. Earth Justice, because the earth needs a good lawyer. Sad that he's going to leave me behind. I know. Little Marky Spender's upset. Okay, let's continue on here. YJ Overlander, good to see you, my man. Jenny, Tracy Scott in the UK, good morning to you. And uh, who else do we have here? Jerry O'Brien, nice to see you, my friend. And there we go. Travis William Mustus getting ready to come on the big show tonight. And we are just moments away. The Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you to, in advance to those who contribute. Also, you can do some shopping at our Spaced Out Radio store. It works as well. Uh, wear some of our great swag. And there's going to be more coming soon. TMI, Pete Leibel. And how you guys doing? Crystal Light, how are you? Thank you for coming on in. We got 10 seconds. I'm pumped up for this one. I really am. This is going to be a lot of fun tonight. And I hope you enjoy it too. Because, hi, Bill WD40 over at Spreaker. It's time to rock. Horns up. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old baby the favor. Hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We have a great show for you tonight. Spooky stories filled to the brim with our good man, Travis Willier Mutus. And of course, then in hour number three, the Swamp Dweller is going to join us for some spooky stories. Tim Senor will be back with the UFO report. Shirky Poo, if we got time, we'll have the news. Travis Willier Mustus is a Canadian investigator of all things paranormal. His First Nations heritage of Cree has Thomas trained for the investigations of a lifetime where he's experienced everything from ghosts to ET contact. And, well, because it's so close to Halloween, Travis, who was just on this show a couple of weeks ago, returns to talk about some of these old ghost stories and monsters he's uncovered over the years in his research. I'm going to keep the bio short tonight because I really want to get this show going. Travis Mustus, it is a pleasure to have you here again, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. How you been? I've been great, and um, it's a pleasure to be back, man. I'm happy to get going here, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. I've been excited for this day, so pleasure. 
What was the response like from people around you when you were on a couple of weeks ago with us? Oh, they were uh, very interested and very, very pleased with the show. And uh, a lot of I got a lot of good uh, responses from fellow people and other other paranormal investigators of alike and experiencers. And yeah, they said it was really good. It was really good. So right on, right on. We're we're glad to have you here. One of the things that I absolutely love about you, my friend, and the reason why I wanted to bring you back so quick is you are just multifaceted. You're not just about ghosts. You're not just about UFOs. You're not just about cryptids. It's about everything for you. And it's about really getting into the the entire phenomena that really pushes you to your limits. And you are somebody who is an investigator. You're a healer. You're a helper. Uh, your First Nations des- descent, I believe, really helps uh, you understand the phenomena more than what many of us can. You know, for people who may not have caught the show a couple of weeks ago, let's talk about quickly a little bit about you, for a couple minutes about you, about why you have made this a a lifelong passion of yours. Yes. Uh, as I started to uncover more, like I was just, like I was curious about the stars and our cultures and our ways uh, traditional ways that is and um as i discovered more about it like and i thought i was like at first i was like oh yeah this is this is like a you know a, a spiritual path or the red road right but i realized this is actually the the human human road like this is this is a path of my uh, existence and uh, i truly feel like this is um it is very all connected and uh you know, like you said it's uh it's it seems like it's all you know put together but yeah like i feel like it is really all connected in that sense so it has been my drive to discover more about it. And the more I think I know, the more that knowledge just, you know, keeps unloading. And then, you know, I mean, like I just, I come in contact with some more people of my elders and they share some more knowledge with me. And it's just, uh, like I said, it just goes into more of the, you know, (laughs) the greater mystery, right? (laughs) It is the greater mystery of everything that we are doing out here. You know, how real is this? You live this every day. You are investigating almost every day. You are you are researching. I mean, this has become a giant part of your life to help people. You know, why did you put yourself on this mission, or do you feel that you were put on this path for a reason? Yeah. As as more knowledge uh, is uh, acquired, more knowledge then just like feels like it's gravitated towards me. So in a sense that it is like a path that just continues on and it leads on. And uh, as I help more people, um, yeah, like that, it seems like they have uh, more of an understanding of these things happening around them. And uh, or they uh, sense like uh, maybe there's a part of them that they need to explore, too. And that's, you know, to me, that's uh, all part of this, you know, this journey. So so to speak. Well, let's get right to it because you have done a number of paranormal investigations over the years and and you you promised us you were going to bring us some of your spookier tales tonight because we are close to Halloween. And before we get into those, I need to ask you this. Do you believe in the whole idea the that there's a veil that kind of comes over October and it's the thinnest to communicate with spirit at this time of year? Oh, yes, yes, yes. This, the changing of the seasons, and uh, yeah, and then it, uh, like I said, this time is a very active time for all this, like, paranormal activity, whether it's uh, the sky beings, or if it's the spirits that roam our, you know, our earthly plane, uh, you know, the earthly, uh, the beings down below in the inner earth, but like I'm saying is, uh, 
yeah, this time is the changing of the season. So all the energy, everything's the planet's shifting. So the, the magnet, like the electromagnetic fields are all kind of woo woo woo. And, uh, yeah, like I said, um, yeah. And then it comes a uh, time in the winter. We call that dream time, sleep time, the time for stories and the time for reflection and the time of, uh, visions. And so it's like, uh, yeah. So these changing of the seasons all, all play their part in the spiritual journey in itself too. So. Well, let's let's get right to some of your stories here. You know, you've been doing this a long time. You've gathered quite a few stories over those years. You know, is there a story that really sticks out for you right off the bat that maybe got your your own emotions going a little bit? Oh, like um, in terms of hauntings and and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's been cases of people's like houses being haunted and whatnot, but uh. Uh, like I said, the whole, um, there was one, one case where these people were drinking at a party and, uh, they were all drinking and they were on their fourth, like, it was like probably like a third week of drinking straight. And, uh, they said this man came into the house and he had another two, four and, and decided to drink with them. He sat down and started drinking with them. And for some reason, this guy just kept getting more cases out of his vehicle and, uh, just had an unlimited supply of alcohol and they just kept drinking and drinking and drinking and till the point where like. Like they're like, holy shit, we're gonna die here! Like, what's what's going on? And then they finally caught on. They looked at his feet, and they were hooves. He was a goat man in the flesh, like a shapeshifter. And they all went running out of that house, scared out of their minds, and all of them quit drinking. <laughs> this is on our reservation. <laughs> no way, no way. So this this uh, skinwalker, Windigo, whatever the hell it was literally kept on bringing booze probably to hope that all of the people in the house would would eventually pass out drunk so that way he could probably have his way with whatever he wanted to do yeah it is definitely uh we referred uh this one was like more like a goat man spirit we, we referred to it as. yeah and then uh, there was another instance where he was spotted at our four-way too and the people stopped to pick up this hitchhiker and uh, before he was there, before like the back door uh, passenger opened the door for him to get in, the, he hopped in with a hoof, and they're like, "Whoa, drive, drive!" And they just started driving, and he was just running as fast as the car, just looking at him and running, you know, just no. like staring at the driving away, trying to get away from this thing. And uh, yeah, they, you know, it's it's a tale that's been been around here for quite some time. This gold man as well. How often is he seen? Like spotted that one was spotted like that was like a story from four years ago the one where it ran beside a vehicle and then there was another one where people were sitting in the field uh and they were having a few like drinks and whatnot and then it started coming around in the field and when they were driving away it was hopping after them in the field jumping real high like 30 feet in the air just chasing after him <laughs> that is amazing remind me not to party in your area when it comes to uh this creature here yeah i'm not uh doing that at all not doing that at all yeah well, that's that's a pretty wild one there um but yeah hauntings of all sorts uh you know people you know all over like you know the reservation you know have some sort of like uh spirit uh haunting or something like that but you know whether it's their own uh family coming to visit or you know, uh, whether it's uh, an evil one or something like that, then it's all taken differently in, uh, in different, in kind of different messages, right? And uh, 
and if the investigation does lead to it being like an evil one or something like that, then the host does need to be cleansed and uh, cleared of cleared of that energy. And we do go about that in, in various ways and to different degrees with certain, you know, trees and medicines of our area. And, and it's all play like, a, it's all like, a like, like I should say it all, it's all like to um, help cleanse the house and then bring bring, bring forward the back, like the protection of their own energy. So like their own, their own um, state of natural flow in the harmonization. Right. So, uh, but a lot of these uh, dark entities, sometimes, uh, you know, they'll be, like I said, uh, my uncle was in that house with the the goat man, and he said, or sorry, the man buffalo eaters people spirit, like the spirit of one, and it was just running in like in between the the hallways, in between doors, like just like back and forth real fast and slamming doors, and and uh, he he said it was so fast, like he, he was he was almost like thinking like this one might actually get me, but he was actually able to to capture it that time, so. But uh, like you said, it was it's kind of a battle sometimes too with the with the spirits in that sense too, um, when it comes down to it. And sometimes there's blessed weapons or blessed objects that are brought in to combat these uh, beings. Do you look, do you look to kill the beings? Is that is that what you part of what you do? Yeah. All right. Are we are we clean, uh, clear them out of the dimension? Yeah. Exactly. I'm going uh, to ask you a, a silly question here. Uh, uh, our good friend Swamp Dweller had a gentleman, uh, has a gentleman who has contacted his channel over the years, and we've always wondered whether it was real or not. But they called themselves the Hunters with a capital H. And this is a group of people around the world that literally go and hunt down monsters doesn't matter whether it's in Canada the US the United Kingdom Russia the Middle East uh, South America wherever it may be are you one of these oh, i i would i would tell you i would tell you but um unfortunately no i'm I like but i'm i'm a guy who can deal with some of these beings and and, no, and like knows how to right but uh yeah like i haven't i haven't had no connection with the hunters though so that's uh that's pretty, uh, you know, I mean, that sounds interesting, though. And um, I'm very much interested, so. But, uh, okay, yeah, so, yeah. So how did you get training for all of these different kind of species that you have encountered? Through a lot, a lot through ceremonies. Uh, a lot through ceremonies and uh, passed down teachings, oral, like oral teachings of the stories of, like, of the ancient days. And, and a lot of, um, like I said, a lot of know-how with the nature, right? Like, it's kind of there and uh for us to use and you know i mean, to like i said as tools to combat these things because uh, like i said natural world and has this connection and all the animal spirits and plant spirits and rock spirits they all have a role man and it's all it's like all connected with that right and uh yeah it's well but like i said it's tell years me. and years of ceremonies and stuff so tell us a story here where you have had to become violent with one of these creatures. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, the violence of the, of these creatures would come with, uh, you know, if you have to fight them in the woods and, uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's very different. Um, you know, you're fighting them in the dark or you're fighting them at, in the astral world. Um, there's been a couple of times where I've had to deal with ancient, uh, 
like like almost like witches like but from ancient times and and uh they're just like flying up at me and stuff like that and i had to use certain sages to like to like trap them in this dimensional like in the, almost like a dimensional like uh like a trap to get them like to get them hold of them because they're just like <laughs> they just wanted to like almost like attach and just totally you know possess a person right so uh yeah just trapping them in, in the dimensional space and then there i said like uh, creating a portal and stuff like that to then transfer them into right into uh, into another dimension but uh yeah and all these things like i said uh, if it's a physical creature and you're fighting them like i said there's a lot of ceremonies and uh like you'll get a vision of what to use um Sometimes uh, it'll be a bow, or sometimes it'll be a tomahawk, or sometimes it'll be a knife in itself. Sometimes it's uh, you know blessed, blessed different different things, right? Like uh, sometimes it's a water with a, like with a willow branch and different little like you know all these different uh, like uh, like I said uh, trinkets or devices and things that we've used over time, right? So. Now, but, uh, now, does that just work for you? Like, if I was out hunting, or one of our members of our audience was out hunting down a creature with you, would we be able to use those same tools as well? Uh, it would be that would be different because we'd all have to be uh, we'd all have to be blessed in the ceremony, and maybe we'd have different weapons. We'd have different different uh, different, uh, like I said, per, uh, personal arsenal to bring. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe somebody more about the plants, and they know a little bit more. You know, they bring that and then, you know, there's somebody who knows a little bit more uh, or is better at the hunting. So they bring more of the weapons and then there's some who are, who are capable of, uh, you know, uh, capturing or, you know, holding these creatures. And they're bringing them up a hide that's blessed to capture or wrap these creatures and, you know, to make them, you know, to hold them down and actually take away their strengths and, and the ropes to actually hold them and bind them. You know, I mean, these things are all like these would be blessed for these people that use in these, uh, in these interactions. But, uh, right. Okay. So when you go out hunting for one of these creatures, let's say you're going hunting for a Wendigo or something along those lines. And I know some of these creatures were not supposed to say their names because it could actually, uh, bring them to fruition. But let's say you're going after one of these. Do you have, or does your does your uh, First Nations elders uh, say, okay, Travis, we're going to move you into this area. We want you to go deal with this. Or do they say, we want you to take uh, uh, people uh, with you for your own safety? How does that work? It would be a ceremony. Uh, <clears throat> so some of the, sorry, some of the headmen, uh, or the medicine men of our area would gather and there would be a, a ceremony, a, a pipe would be smoked, and uh, they would be conversing with the spirits, and, and then uh, there would be a pipe that would be passed around to the warriors, and whoever is to take, a, take the pipe would be the one to go to fight. So that would be like the traditional way of that, how it, how it, would, be, how it would be taught, like, you know, everybody would go, right? But there would be instances where somebody would just have to go and fight, like uh, where their camp would just be all of a sudden, uh, you know, it would be so nearby that they would just have to go. And if they didn't survive, and like I said, the whole family would be eaten by these things. And these things would stay in the camp and eating a whole tribe if they managed to kill all the warriors and everybody, right? And, and they'd grow. They'd get really big. There was one instance where the, the creature got so big that it was like as tall as a teepee and just knocking over teepees as it walked into the tribe and just, just eating people, ripping apart buffaloes. And this thing was 
massive. It was huge. And it was just tearing apart tribes that people literally, all the tribes had to gather, like all their warriors to come against this big giant beast. And when they did, they were throwing spears, all these blessed arrows are hitting it. And it got so bombarded that it, it grew wings and it flew into the space, into the sky and it opened the portal and it flew away into that portal and in and the clouds closed behind it. And uh, all the warriors stood there, all the weapons, all the gathered tribes looking at the sky and, and uh, they still still say it's out there, that one. Do you know what what is, <laughs> what is that creature? That, that's the, that's the goo. That's like uh, the Wendigo, what? But it's like a the, a version of that. Like uh, it's called the goo in our area. Oh wow! Yeah, and it just they, keeps, they, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. As the more people it consumes, yes, and it can consume a whole tribe of thirty or forty more people. Like it, and it, it will still be hungry after, and still be traveling throughout the night. Un, never sleeps. Like you know these. <laughs> So when if they ever do inhibit somebody or take like you know like if they have to be dealt with and you know there's various ways and degrees of that right so but yeah that's that's one of the tales there that one of that week to go there's other ancient tales too ancient battles where uh, where where there was a young well there was a week ago and it was getting big in the tribe and this is like ancient ancient days and uh, they had a ceremony and nobody wanted to take the pipe because they're all afraid to go and fight it. And then uh, this little boy took the pipe. He walked up and smoked it. And everybody was shocked that this little boy took the pipe. So they had to uh, live up to the word. And that was the that was the law, right? So they had to send this little boy out to fight. But they asked him, what do you request before you go on this hunt? And he's like, I request a bow and four arrows. I'm going to use that to fight it. So he went out and traveled into the woods, far deep into the woods. And uh, on the fourth night, he found it. And it was eating It was eating a buffalo. Is eating it like just a whole half of a buffalo, just eating it, and he laughed and and uh, he laughed at this little boy, thinking like, "What is it gonna? What is this little guy gonna do?" Right. Everyone wants to feel safe, in control, and able to trust their own instincts. It's so important, especially as women, and especially when it comes to dating. I get it, and Bumble gets it. They're not just a dating app. They're a connections app built on a foundation of kindness and respect. Bumble has so many tools and resources designed to ensure their community remains a safe space to foster healthy relationships. To learn more, download Bumble and visit their safety and well-being center. So many of us struggle with mental health issues, and it's important that we take time to prioritize ourselves. That's especially true in dating. Sometimes we just need a break, a full, I don't need any more notifications to pop up on my phone break. I've been there, and I leaned on Bumble's snooze mode to help me take that time to prioritize me. Snooze mode allowed me to pause all of my Bumble activity without losing any of my existing connections or chats. I could choose to hide my profile from potential matches for either 24 hours hours, 72 hours, a week, or indefinitely. I was even able to set an away status so my existing matches knew I'd be back to pick up where we left off. So I took a week off and came back in a much better headspace for me and my matches. If you're looking for a better way to date, download Bumble and don't forget to lean on snooze mode when you need it. The little boy pulled his arrow back and shaking hand, he let the arrow go and it hit the tree beside him and it just exploded. And that week ago got scared then. And so they went to battle. The week goes jumping around, the little boy shooting arrow, shooting the two other arrows missing. And then uh, finally 
finally he did get he did get the Wheatigo with the last one and exploded. And uh, the little boy uh, went back with uh, with with some of the some of the claws of the Wheatigo and and uh, they you know that little boy ended up becoming the Wasaki Chuck later in later in his life. But that was the tale of Wasaki Chuck. <laughs> incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. And, you know, the the fact that a young boy would muster that type of courage in order to to take on a creature like this that, you know, where most children, we even most adults would run and hide, you know, in the, underneath the first pile of rocks or, or tree stumps that we could find. You know, I mean, that's bravery at its best. Yeah. Yes. And it's also another story of never to underestimate anybody. In our in our culture, that's like one of the things like like as taught is a respect and the humility of every every individual because we're all spirits, right? At the end of the day, we're all we're all these uh, living spirits walking this earthly plane, and it's to be respected and taken as such. And and uh, yeah, that's like it, that's also a little bit about that, right? Like uh, some of these tales teach of that too, right? So but. very much like David and Goliath. Yeah, very much. That's that is right, right? <laughs> they always uh, seem to be connected. There's another cool story about how uh, how this there was this medicine there was a medicine woman. Uh, she was she was walking through the woods at night, and uh, the elders always told her never to uh, never to stare in the water at the full moon because she might see what she likes. And uh, so she was staring at the water, and uh, and. Uh, at the full moon, she went to go look and see. She was curious to see why they told her never to stare in there. And sure enough, there was a man that was on the moon. And uh, then all of a sudden, he was just like a, a beam of light came from the moon. And uh, he was there in front of her. And uh, she was so shocked that she fell back into the water. And uh, she lost her medicine bag. And it was like a star. Stardust was in this uh, in this medicine pouch. And it spilled all in the water. And all the deep sea creatures were able to get it. But the moon man helped her out and he said, uh, he's like, Oh, you, you stay out of the water. There's a lot of deep sea creatures down there that are not very nice to land based. Travis, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Spooky, weird stories with paranormal investigator out of Alberta, Travis, William Moustus. We'll continue it on the second half hour of Space Out Radio next. All right, we're clear. If I can see this one, and I don't know if we can see this one. Uh, there was there's there is a a daytime shot of one I had got. I'm I can't really see it, so I'll have to I'll have to figure out how to send that one to you. But I wonder if I can see the cube now. Well, here, let me uh, make it large. Yeah, there's the cube. Uh, a better picture of it more closer up so there it is there's the cube look at that eh? you notice that little dent on the bottom right there mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty interesting stuff um <clears throat> so yeah I, I was see i was listening to my last recording i laughed i was like i was calling it embroidery i'm in embossing because it's like an embossing filter that that filters out the background of all these uh pictures right and uh mr bill hauser helped me help me do these embossing i sent them the pictures just to get a little second second thought on some of these right so he ended up sending me back the, the embossing 
uh, versions of these. And, you know, he thought they were very, all very interesting himself. But this one almost like I was starting to think about it and talk about it with my other buddy, too. And he's saying that this one, like the ones that I thought were like, he's like, uh, sometimes we see these triangles, like the TR3Bs. And he's like, what if sometimes these power up so much that we see them as like the pyramids or the triangle ones? He's like, you know, what if those lights like actually light up and look like a triangle? But um, I was just going to say, uh, uh, here's that other one here, though. With the Yeah, this one I always liked. I always liked this one. This one was always my favorite, this boomerang one. Yeah, that one is kind of cool. Yeah. 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 See, so now I got kind of a better lighting for all this stuff. But, yeah, we are seeing, like, last night we were seeing three of them. They're, like, flying around in the sky. And I couldn't take pictures of it or videos. They're so high up. But... They're up there, and, you know, I mean, these things, like, they're around in the sky. They're up there. And uh, here's another one of that. Here's that one of the. Of the yeah, right in the northern lights there. And you could see that the light. Uh, you can kind of see the little ship lights on it. I don't know if you could. Hold on. Let me zoom in again. That's very cool. Very cool. Yeah, you can actually see that that uh the ship lights on there but yeah so it's it was very cool like uh these pictures i've been getting though they've been like over the past like uh two years like because like i've been so like i got into astronomy i was like looking at all yes. the stars and looking at you know all the planets yeah, exactly and then um i just started noticing these things flying in the sky i'm like whoa like hey i gotta start documenting some of these and taking pictures of them when i can and videos absolutely and, you know hey i got a question for you from dirty filth our cartoonist he loves yeah. that blue painting behind you with the uh, with the triangle. He's wondering. Yeah. He's wondering if you would sell it to him, or you guys could make a trade for one of his cartoons. That sounds excellent. Yes, that's the Arturian dimensional Arturian higher higher. Um, I guess I should say a higher dimensional being. Yeah, they open portals through time and space, and yeah, they're almost like masters of MST. So I mean, they are masters of MST. So yeah. Well, Dirty, you have to hook up with Travis on Facebook. Your microphone's gone real quiet. Oh, it's Yeah, uh, there it is. Yeah, it, I, yeah, I have it on a uh, loose charger, so every now and then that charger like pops out on. Anyway, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm very interested. We'll have to. I'm pretty sure I got your number there, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you got Dirty Filth, yeah. If you go into our private chat, he'll put his number in there. He's in Edmonton, so he's nice and close to you. Right. Yeah, I'm always down there, too. I'm always around there. I was just down there last week doing a, a stuntman. Fighting each other with uh, knives for about a week. You know what I mean? Real warp reality. Nice. <laughs> but it was all sorts of, uh, you know, action-packed, uh, you know, falling theory, everything. Doing, doing all that sort of stunt choreography and... Like I said, fighting for film, so it's really cool. <laughs> That's at the the stunt garage. Yeah, yeah. Based out of it. One second. All right, uh, we got about uh, thirty-five seconds here. Good old dirty filth. Working on we don't know what the hell yet.
All right, 20 seconds. Thank you so much to Robin, Lara, Tracy, and Trisha for the super chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support that you guys are giving us. Thank you to everybody who's so far given us a thumbs up or thumbs down. Hit subscribe as well. It helps our algorithms. And here we go the second half hour. Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with Travis Willier Moustus. We are talking paranormal events and scary happenings from all across North America that he has personally investigated. Being of Cree descent, he deals with a lot more ancient and a lot older creatures than we could ever identify. And it's so much fun learning about this. Travis, thank you so much for being here. Yes, I'm so grateful to be here and speak and talk about these stories and share them. Yeah, it's always a pleasure, man. I'm going to get you to wiggle your microphone again because you are cutting out a little bit there. But out of all the creatures that you have investigated... What has been your most challenging creature or ghost uh, to date that you've had to deal with? Uh, just well, I said, like I said, uh, a lot of these dimensional beings, um, yeah, they they all have their own ways and their own uh, their own interesting uh, tales to them. But uh, yeah, like like I said, there was one that was just uh, haunting a place and uh, totally totally causing ruckus for everybody. So I, you know, I pretty much went in there and I was dealing with, uh, uh, it, well, it was like, um, it was almost like a, it was a, it was like a, it was like a giant spider or something like that. Like a giant, it was like a dimensional thing, but, uh, I ended up having to get rid of that. And, um, it was, like I said, that one was very tricky cause it was, um, almost like, uh, it was very hard to capture and very hard. It was very sneaky. And, uh, that one played a big, big role in, um, like it was messing with a lot of people's dreams and mind. And yeah, that one was that, yeah, that was a very, very interesting one in a sense. So has there been a creature that's ever come back to haunt you after an investigation? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I'll every now and then I'll see the, the one shadow figure. There was one guy, he, uh, he, it was like, he almost got away for a little bit there and then we ended up capturing him. And then, uh, Every now and then, I'll still ca- I'll see like a, a glimpse of the shadows just from that from those times and those moments. Like uh, just yeah, just kind of standing in the background, just like you know, just off the peripheral. And then you cap, you see it again, and you're like, ah, you know what I mean? Things like that, you know. But uh, other than that, it's just like like I said, um, most of the time we deal with these things, and uh, we we do our we do our best to like uh, like I said, keep the attachments off through our prayers and our ceremonies and 
and the wearing of our like you know if we have to wear protection or shields or anything like that then you know we'll bring those along be sure to bring them along but yeah yeah there's there's moments like that what's your latest encounter that really kind of moved you a little bit the one that moved me a little bit was uh we did an investigation at an old like it was like a mass grave in our in our reservation there was a small or sorry not smallpox um the spanish flu it was an epidemic uh pandemic back in the 19 1918 and there was over 70 80 sorry 79 or 89 people that were buried in that one mass grave and uh they were just kind of forgotten the souls nobody knew who they were or can't remember who they were that were buried in that in that massive grave and this is like you know 100 years ago or more and uh so we went out there and uh, we just wanted to go see if there was anybody who wanted to say hello or if there's any still like you know activity and whatnot and uh and uh, this is an ancient grave, so we're there. I'm, I'm saying, I'm like, Tonsei ago, like, you know, trying to ask, hello, what's your name, you know, and uh, and talking in Cree to them. And uh, there was no, like, there was a little bit of fuzzing here and there, and but it wasn't too much. And we're like, hmm, okay, but we're getting a lot of readings on the K2 meter out in the wilderness, right? Like, where there would be no electronics or anything. So, like, okay, so it was right off the bat, and then it kind of died out, and we're like, okay. But then we're driving away. And then there was these three little white birds that just flew in front of the truck for a little while and they just kind of flew off. So they were wanting to communicate with us in a nature way, you know what I mean? Not in, not through electronics. They wanted to communicate through us through nature and show that they're all around us in the world, you know? And uh, it was a, it was a beautiful moment, you know, that we realized our ancestors and our people are always around us in nature and, and uh, yeah, they were there to make that connection and show that symbolism through that. So. Do you have any ghost stories that you have investigated that also tie to the aliens or cryptids that you could share with us? Yeah. Uh, there was a few people who uh, came to me and they were concerned about uh, having a, they felt like it was a data chip inside of their legs and inside of their leg. And one had one on the back and stuff like that. These little bumps. And um, I, I was like, all right, sure. I can investigate into these. And, um, and they were very sure like they were tracked and they were getting abducted and stuff. And, and yeah, it was a very heavy ET presence in their, in their, in their lives. And they were very concerned about it. But, uh, but from what I got was, uh, like in, in terms of like what I was able to investigate was, uh, the, the beings were there, they're, they were marking them so they can make their round to them to heal them, to get to their, to help them. Uh, it was like to, I don't know if it was like to help them with their condition or something like that, but it was like something like along those lines. And then sure enough, they didn't even know in the next month. I was like, yeah, it should be gone within the next month or so. And they didn't even know when they got picked up or got, you know, worked on. They were all of a sudden the thing was gone and they were like, Hey, you were right. It's gone. And, you know, and I feel a lot better. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is probably what it was then. You know what I mean? These beings probably come back, come by and fixed you. And you didn't even realize it. Cause nobody really does. Like, it's just kind of like, like a dimensional light that just kind of picks you up and you're, you know, it, it can be in your house or wherever, you know, I mean, these things somehow, you know, know where you are. And that's kind of the cool thing about that. So, but yeah, a lot of healings and a lot of different uh, visions and dreams where people have been having, uh, uh, seeing UFOs and uh, they've actually seen them crafts in the sky and they've gotten more into it. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's been a journey for them, an ongoing journey. So like, uh, yeah, there's a heavy UFO and encounter uh experiences and stuff like that in my investigations a lot of them so do you find that with a lot of ghost stories that the spirits are the ones who need to be healed just as much as those who they're haunting 
Oh yeah. Uh, uh, for for example, um, this uh, like you know we do uh, we do have ceremonies like uh, offering ceremonies to help the ones uh, who uh, who are starving on the other side, and uh, we do do ceremonies to help like the ones who have passed over that didn't get the tobacco to make it to the next realm. We get, we do tobacco offerings and things like that. So some investigations do require where the, the beings have to be helped to the other side. Um, there was one house where there was a crying woman spirit in the basement and uh, she was just crying and bawling dressed in these hides and nobody knew why, but here she was lost and uh, she needed tobacco to get to the other side. So we had to do a tobacco offering and stuff like that. And then, uh, and, and like I said, uh, offering fire and yeah, it was a, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty, you know, like it was a good, that was a good uh, investigation because the house was, wasn't haunted after that. And, and uh, yeah, the people were very interested in hearing about the crying woman spirit and stuff. What is the power yeah. of tobacco? You know, I I have learned from my First Nations friends that tobacco is is very good in in a peace offering, especially towards cryptids like Sasquatch. But what is the power of pure tobacco? It's almost like the it's like a gateway in all of our. Uh, in all of our ceremonies, it starts it up. It opens up the paths to the spirit world, and it's it's that connection within the spirit of that tobacco that connects it all. And uh, it's it goes part to our our when we're being created here by the constellation beings. When we're being created, when we say we're created by all the elements, we're also created by all the plants. Like the plants had given us gifts too. Like uh, for example, uh, when you when you skin the tree off a tree bark off an aspen poplar, it's white inside. That tree the tree supposedly gave us our bones. And, um, and then you go to a raspberry and, uh, and a strawberry, they're in the shape of a heart. And these are heart medicines as well. And that's why that we consider the heart plant or heart medicine plant. And uh, you look at a blueberry and it's uh, the blood, it cleanses the blood. It's a blood medicine and has a star on the top because we're a star being star nation, right? And, uh, and you look at, uh, like I said, uh, like all these things are connected in that sense. And um, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. So like, like I said, the, uh, like the animals and uh, a lot of these beings that like we're all connected to them through the, through the plants and the animals and tobacco was one that said, Hey, well, I'll give my spirit in order for the, for them to communicate and communicate with uh, the spirit world and walk this path. And, and it's also an offering like uh, it, it got held up there in the, in with the creation spirit as well. And uh, like I said, that even, even like uh, some of the animals, the fur bearing animals had their, had their part in playing part of the creation story too. Like, like, um, like the moose, for example, was uh, a little bit upset. He wanted to be the leader of uh, all the, um, like all the fur-bearing creatures on the earth. And and uh, creation said, "No, sorry, but the buffalo will be, because you uh, you hide too much on people." And uh, so the moose was like really upset. And he wanted to charge the charge the buffalo. So the creation put his hand palm print on the moose's head and said, "No, but you'll no, but you'll still play a, a huge role in the spiritual aspect of all of all of the beings on earth." And and whatnot for the for the for the colonies and tribes on on the earth and um so that's why we use a lot of the offerings of the moose in our ceremonies and stuff but when we still use the bones and the fur for all sorts of crafts and different tools and methods for continuing our ways right and uh like i said the buffalo is still the main leader of of all the of all the fur bearing animals because of its bravery and just like it kind of knew its purpose in spiritual realm like it had its purpose to stay there and be used as like a as a resource for our for our ways of life, and that's how come it stands there when it gets killed. Like, <laughs> but, like, it, like it takes it like a champ. Old, 
yeah, I, I, I could totally see that. I, I want to ask you, you know, out of all the ghost encounters you have had over the years, the biggest one that has scared you on this plane, not the astral plane, but on this plane, what's the one story that continues, no pun intended, to still haunt you? Yeah, the one there, there's like uh, there's like a bunch of them. Like uh, like I said, the ones with the buffalo spirits that haunt the houses and break the houses down. Uh, the ones of the windigos, uh, the ones that still haunt people, and and uh, those spirits need to be dealt with too, and and wards need to be put up in certain areas. Uh, but one that uh, truly uh, is uh, freaky still is uh, when when I was out on a vision quest there, I was seeing things like in the woods and whatnot, and they were they were testing me. And uh, one just come running up like a like a big big creature just came up running to me like and then I noticed it was a huge bear with red eyes and then uh, just as it was coming up to me it just when it became a person and he was standing there smoking a cigarette and with a cow brown cowboy hat and uh, I I was so freaked out at that moment and uh, and uh, like I said those those things happen right and shapeshifters are real and and um, and it was a test to see if I'd run out of the circle because then if I did, he would be able to kill me. But that was, uh, these things are real. And um, yeah, like I said, shapeshifters are real. They, there's... So many of us struggle with mental health issues, and it's important that we take time to prioritize ourselves. That's especially true in dating. Sometimes we just need a break, a full, I don't need any more notifications to pop up on my phone break. I've been there and I leaned on Bumble's snooze mode to help me take that time to prioritize me. Snooze mode allowed me to pause all of my Bumble activity without losing any of my existing connections or chats. I could choose to hide my profile from potential matches for either 24 hours hours, 72 hours, a week, or indefinitely. I was even able to set an away status so my existing matches knew I'd be back to pick up where we left off. So I took a week off and came back in a much better headspace for me and my matches. If you're looking for a better way to date, download Bumble and don't forget to lean on snooze mode when you need it. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. A lot of stories are in our area of, of them and uh, all sorts of beings like uh, alligator people and whatnot. And, and uh, like I said, it's, uh, it's a pretty wild one, especially when it comes to, uh, uh, like I said, all these uh, different beings that end up trying to come take your life when you're out on some of these vision quests or ceremonies or these journeys in life. And, and uh, yeah, we just got to stay prepared and be you know connected to the universe and stay strong and not let that fear in. I guess that was a tale of that. Okay, okay. I do have to ask you about the uh, about the alligator men. What the heck are alligator men? Okay, so I all right. So there's all right. So I'm wearing these right one of one of the days I'm walking around one of our our gatherings. This is this summer, and uh, this elder approached me and he's like, he's like, I I live with them. You know that, right? And I was like, say what? And then uh, he's like, I lived with them. 
the alligator people. And I was like, these guys. And then he's like, he's like, yes. He's like, um, I grew up in the mission till I was 17 years old. He said he was very abused and hurt in the mission. He told me these horror stories. And, um, and when he left, he was, he was a orphan boy. So he was living on the streets and he grew up to be about, you know, 18, 20 years old. And he was just, uh, you know, just real poor in the streets. And then this woman walked by and said, Hey, I like you. Want to, want to come live with me? So he did. He went to live with her and, uh, and in the city. Right. And he stayed there and, uh, she went with him and they had that when, when she was going with him, like in the bed, uh, her eyes changed and, and he noticed this and he was like, Whoa. And, and, uh, but he stayed there living with her and they had, they had four kids and, uh, the kids had little alligator eyes, he said, and little scaly arms. And they always wore sweaters because to hide this. And, and, uh, he lived with them for many years, well, for a few years, but they kept like, they weren't like regular human children. They were more like reptilian children, like alligators. So they just defecated themselves and uh, it was real messy in the house and she wouldn't clean up and he was always cleaning up. So he kind of got sick from cleaning all that, that, that nest or whatever. Right. And so then he moved out and he left and he continued his life on after that. But that was the last time you ever seen her or her or those children. <laughs> That's just scary. Just absolutely scary. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but the reptilians and like the, like those, uh, like I said, there's stories of civilizations in the inner earth and, uh, the battles that happened above on above ground. Right. And, um, there's tales about them. Like, like I said, they'd fly up from, from caves in the ground and land and they'd come and capture women from tribes and fight the warriors and cause havoc for tribes and people have to fight them spiritually. And, and it came to the point where some of the people were uh, blessed with, uh, the ability to use thunder and, uh, the guy literally was a thunder warrior and he had a, he had a tomahawk that when he had raised it to the sky, thunder, thunderbolts can be lift, like hit the ground. And, um, this reptilian was just freaked out. Cause, uh, like, well, there was three of them running at him. All of a sudden one of the lightning bolts hit him and just blew him into dust and they were just freaked out. And then they just like, Oh, they, they got back. They went running back. Cause they, this guy was able to use harness lightning and, uh, they went running back to their ships and they got back in and went flying back into the inner earth. But all these civilizations are down there and, uh, antler society, antler people societies. And, and, uh, like I said, like these reptilian civilizations and actually the ancient humans too. And, uh, a lot of these civilizations came from the third world and, uh, and a lot of the natives too came from the third world as well as the temple builders of Chicoya mounds and all the, as well, Mayans and you, you name it across the turtle island you know if we all came from a little bit from the atlantis uh, societies and a lot of these um inner earth dimensions and beings were actually after the clavicalisms that befall in atlantis because of the forbidden laboratories and the mantids and reptilians causing all that they a lot of these societies were banned underneath the inner earth and um they still live there because of this uh this law that's written in spirituality and um some of the natives, like I said, they spread out and they spread out all four corners of the earth. Like this is talking across to the, you know, from Giza plateau to you, you name it, that like uh, Mesoamerica to all across to China, Japan, where all the, all the temples are built and constructed in these similar patterns in, in various ways. But this was like part of that race that expanded in that sense. And um, like I said, there was a lot of that happening too. that came to ancient native America as well. And uh, a lot of these, different beings like some of the Hopi people have to spend inner earth too as well for that and and uh the great spirit um eagle said that we weren't allowed to build cities anymore 
because we had lost our uh, privilege in the third world. So we had to relearn how to live with the earth again and harmonize with the earth. And, uh, and so like, like, the, like I said, these uh, tales are, are across Turtle Island and uh, the, like I said, they, they're, they're there. Right. And, uh, and uh, these, these beings, um, like I said, they exist in the inner earth and uh, it all plays, it all plays together. And um, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you have any questions for me on that, but that's just amazing. We have five minutes to go before we need to go to break here at the top of the hour. Thomas or Travis William Mustus is our guest tonight on Space Down Radio. Travis, you know, for yourself, where you go into this, how do you protect yourself from these energies? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of different connections. Uh, people, people will have to find that for themselves. A uh, uh, lot of times, it's um, there's a lot of different sages burnt. Uh, 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 like I said, pisamasagan, uh, which is a different kind of fungus that we use out here. We we use that a lot. Um, sometimes we'll use uh, like like I said, mountain sage. The real mountain sage works. Um, and uh, like I said, sometimes we'll use sweet grass as well too. Um, sometimes, like I said, there's barriers like, in, you know, that are made with tobacco, like circles that are made with tobacco. And, uh, sometimes there's rocks that are made too, like in, in formations and stuff for protection on lands and, and, uh, yeah, all sorts of little, little things that people take with them. Sometimes shield, sometimes they'll take, uh, they'll take, um, blessed, uh, weapons, like I said, in, in the sense, uh, sometimes these creatures need to be hit dimensionally because, uh, regular weapons won't work. Okay, so the fact that they don't work, you know, and you have to get weapons that are blessed. I mean, what about some of these old legendary folklore stories? You know, like like werewolf can be killed with a a silver bullet, or you gotta you know stab the devil in the in the heart with a dagger. You know, things like that. Are, are those true? Yes. Um, the, the whole silver thing. That's the, you gotta think about it. It's another part of Earth, right? The metal. So that's, uh, that's, that's a deep connection there with that. And, uh, yeah, with the whole, um, like the stabbing of the heart thing, that, that's, that's pretty true too. And then, uh, you would also have to take the head of a, of a Wendigo as well. Well, to, to truly kill it and, uh, stop the spirit from, you know, leaving the host and traveling to another one. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, or sometimes even these things, like, um, you'll have to bury them. You know, whatever you, whatever these attachments, some of these things are attached to. Sometimes, uh, they'll, the you'll have to bury them to get rid of them in the earth, like the mud itself, or you know what I mean. Like uh, some of these things, like are very uh, powerful in themselves. The oldest spirits in the world are the rocks and stuff. And I have a tale to continue on that as well. So, but uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I can totally see that, totally see that. But with uh, two and a half minutes to go. Do you oh. carry on you protection like outside of your weaponry, like sage or Palo Santo wood or or other uh, eagle feathers or or whatever might be spiritually cleansing? Yeah, uh, yeah sometimes. Uh, well, well, like uh, it depends on the various degrees of what it is, right? Um, and sometimes uh, tobacco will have to be laid down and different things. But yeah. Uh, we will carry like uh, feathers and stuff like that. Um, there's a reason why the ancients would, uh, well, 
our medicine ways and traditional ways, why we wear the headdress. And this was uh, not only a war bonnet, but it was also worn by our medicine men too as a, a spiritual protection. And uh, so the minds wouldn't be affected by, uh, say, a spirit trying to take over or, or inhibit a, another, you know, inside of them. You know, you can take them over or turn them into something evil. Or, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, sometimes the headdresses are worn too as a protection for the mind and spiritual from spiritual attacks. I don't, I don't uh, blame you. I don't blame you. How often do you have to pace yourself through these missions? Like, it's probably not something you could do every day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it takes a lot of time and uh, a lot of uh, consultation with the, the spirit world and the sky world, right? Like the sky, sky nations, right? And uh, uh, we call it Pisago, Pisago, sky world. And um, we that to be connected with that, right? And talk with that and really console with it before any missions that are taking place in such a manner. But uh yeah, it's like it's always uh it's always to be consoled with the sky first before any uh any sort of actions taking place like that. So. Have you ever been called off a mission? Called off missions. Yes. Um yeah, there are some that uh I just don't uh like I wouldn't go for like I didn't go for and that was like early in the days there, uh, just just because uh, some things are like, uh, like I said, was uh, just too much. Like it could have been uh, like it could have been like I wasn't ready to be part of that right. kind of deal. But, uh, but like, there, there were cer- certain times where I wasn't allowed to go and investigate or be a part of those situations or things. So, but yeah, you know, uh, they, there's, uh, you know, like I said, uh, people understanding you know what i mean like there's levels to understanding and levels to uh sometimes levels to the people there that are there you know and uh yeah just like you know it's anything else well i'm gonna get you to hold on right there because it's hard to believe we're already an hour down and i know you have a lot more monsters to talk about when we return on spaced out radio travis william mustus monster hunter paranormal investigator alien investigator this guy does it all and he's so eloquent with it as well that's why we love him here on Spaced Out Radio we're going to get into the monster talk next on the Mighty SOR to kick off hour 2 alright you're clear yeah me too Dirty we're turning it over to you buddy well, that's all right. Feel, Luckily, I'm feel, here to draw cartoons. Feel. Don't worry, Dave. I'll take care of it while you're gone. I know you will. I was at Dave's house. And you just left me alone. I'd totally shake up one beer and put it in the fridge. And then he'd come back and he'd look at the beer that's unshaken on the counter. I'd pretend to look at that beer all wily, and he'd go, oh, I don't trust you, dirty filth. Then he'd go into the fridge and put the unshaken beer in the fridge and grab the shaken beer, and he'd think he's got me, but he really didn't. That's totally what I'd do. Now that it's recorded on the show, he's not going to know my lion. He's never going to take a, a beer from me ever again. Hilarious. <laughs> Uh, sometimes they kill me. Well, happy Friday anyway. Anyways, everybody. 
I had pizza. It was nothing fancy. It was just a simple cheese pizza. Because nothing beats a plain old cheese pizza once in a while. Kevin McAllister special. Oh, I really should have waited for that red to dry a little bit, but well, never learn. Well, Jess comes with the entered. He's got a Eddie Petch has a dirty joke for me. Fire away. Hey, Bob, check it out. The three white horses fell in the mud. Oh, boy. I'm sorry, I can't draw or color cartoons and read the chat at the same time. That's just mind-boggling. I don't know how Dave does it. He's Send that man a ham. Actually, send him a bucket of Taco Bell. That's what Dave needs right now. Or UFO Taco. That's always good. See, check it out. UFO taco right there. And crypto brew. There we are. Anyways. The cloud's a little dark because it's going to rain in the mountains there. I didn't actually draw any mountains on the cartoon itself, but that's all right. It's in the forest. That's usually where this guy hangs out. He's large and hairy. I think Dave and Travis are on an extended break. Cat fuzz. If anyone's wondering, I think I said it before, if I could have any pizza in the world, definitely feta cheese, pineapple, and jalapeno. It's a little burny. It's a little salty and it's a little sweet. But I'd pretty much eat any pizza. Cheese pizza is always good. If I go to the Italian place for my house and get a pizza there, they'd probably pipe me in the kneecaps if I got pineapple on it, though, but they don't have to know that. Back. 
You're dirty, by the way. Yeah, that's me. Uh, D. Cohen wants to know how they find your book on Amazon. <coughs> you can just plug in Cryptid Cartoons on Amazon.com or Amazon.ca. And the author will be Klaus Meidner. Pronounced Klaus. Because it... Yeah. It wouldn't just let me use filth. So my web witch goes, you can't just use one name. I go, well, Prince was a symbol. He's probably got a book. I don't know if Prince has a book. That was my quick defense at the time. It didn't work out. She shut me down and I had to use my alias. When I take a taxi cab alias. All right. We're 20 seconds away from launching here. And uh, I want to say thank you, Filth. We're going to mute you. We're going to go big here. Thank you to Trisha, Tracy, Laura, Robin, and Eddie for the super chats. Very much appreciate it. And Neil Attenberry, we want to know if you're coming back to Vegas with us this year. Here we go, everyone. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Or And... Uh, yeah, hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Absurdism. Absurdism in your ch- is your chat room uh, password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with Travis William Mustoos. We are talking all sorts of legends and creatures that he has tried to get a hold of in his investigations. Sometimes he'll wrap his hands around their neck and give them a good shaking and say, hey, what are you doing over here? Other times it's a good stern finger shake. I'm no haunting here. Travis, welcome back, my man. Yes, I'm... I'm I'm pleased to be here and share some of these stories and uh, yeah, there's like a few investigations that like uh, just got too out of hand and uh, I'm still dealing with t- currently in investigating. Um, there's a there was a haunting that my cousin was dealing with where he was actually becoming possessed and it actually did take his life and uh, and uh, there was one moment where I was like shaking it out of him, talking about shaking it. I was shaking. I was like, hey, come on, man! Like, come on, come back, come back to me! Like, you, this isn't you. He was like going absurd, like just like insane madness. Like, and uh, then he just popped out and he's like, I love you. I'm, I'm sorry. I love you. Please. This isn't me. I'm sorry. I love you. Let go of me. And so I was like, all right, I let go of him. And then uh, thinking he, you know, it shook out of him or something. Right. And then, uh, and sure enough, he was walking back and then he started whistling at the woods and then the woods whistled back at him. And I was like, okay, this is something more beyond. And, 
And uh, he was always saying that he was becoming the demon and this thing was going to take his life and his soul. And eventually he, he did die. He did die from overdose and he was 21 years old. But I'm um, still investigating that and still uh, still dealing with that, that, that haunting out there in that, in that household. So that's one current investigation that I've been dealing with. Gee whiz. I'm sorry to hear of that about your cousin there. Yeah, yeah. He's still still with me on the other side. He still tells me everything. He actually has become a big part of my uh, my investigations. He, uh, he's still there, and he tells me all these things. And he's like, I was the only one to truly understand his his uh, situation, to believe him. And, uh, yeah. It's, uh, sorry, I just kind of get a little choked up. But, yeah. no, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It's good to have another guide on the other side. That That is for sure. I, I want to ask you, you know, uh, how often does this get personal? How often does this get, um, get you know, very personal for you in, in that sort of um, in that sort of way? Does that happen often? Oh, oh. So many of us struggle with mental health issues, and it's important that we take time to prioritize ourselves. That's especially true in dating. Sometimes we just need a break, a full, I don't need any more notifications to pop up on my phone break. I've been there, and I leaned on Bumble's snooze mode to help me take that time to prioritize me. Snooze mode allowed me to pause all of my Bumble activity without losing any of my existing connections or chats. I could choose to hide my profile from potential matches for either 24 hours hours, 72 hours, a week, or indefinitely. I was even able to set an away status so my existing matches knew I'd be back to pick up where we left off. So I took a week off and came back in a much better headspace for me and my matches. If you're looking for a better way to date, download Bumble and don't forget to lean on snooze mode when you need it. Everyone wants to feel safe, in control, and able to trust their own instincts. It's so important, especially as women, and especially when it comes to dating. I get it, and Bumble gets it. They're not just a dating app. They're a connections app built on a foundation of kindness and respect. Bumble has so many tools and resources designed to ensure their community remains a safe space to foster healthy relationships. To learn more, download Bumble and visit their safety and well-being center. Awesome. A lot. Um, yeah, it's always a lot of that, uh, com- like a lot of the investigations and things come from the family as well and, and people of our area. And uh, yeah, I help out a lot of people with that. Eh? And uh, and uh, just like I said, it's it is always a personal thing because like uh, you do, you do, you know, you go into these houses and they're your families and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, um, sometimes just dealing with some of these things, these these uh, beings and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is. It, is, it does get a little personal like that in that sense. And uh, you start to uh, understand a little bit more about the situation and how, how it progressed or how it happened. And, you know, and like I said, some of these things are personal, right? And, and uh, but yeah, yeah, it, most of the time it really is. Give us a story, if you don't mind, that involves little people. Oh. All right, did I... Tell the one about how they came down from the moon and stole all the village meat. No, tell us that one. All right, so this is back in uh, the days, and Imitsui came down from the moon, and uh, this was after the harvest, and and uh, the 
village was filled with food. So they took all the food and um, the people woke up the next morning with no food and they're all starving and hungry. And uh, there was no, um, there was no animals around. So then uh, they ended up, the, the mimics we felt bad about the people's uh, anguish. So the next night they, they put on the full moon for the people to go and hunt and reclaim all the land's food, all the tribe's food and refill all their uh, store, stores as well. Now, for people, and, who uh, may, for people who may not understand the little people, uh, how, why are they such tricksters? Why are they such game players? It's, it's in their nature. Uh, sometimes it could be what uh, the people offered them too can make them a little trickier. Uh, sometimes I've heard stories don't offer them too much chocolate because then they can get real, real tricky after that. And uh, and little other little things like that too, like uh, never take from them, never take their houses or anything like that, or they'll 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 cause problems from for your. Uh, like I've heard people like they messed with the house and then their vehicles were destroyed or wrecked, like their interior, their wires were just severed in ways they couldn't believe it and uh and uh like they started having little rings and things going missing from their house and uh people were like you know like they talk about that and they're like hey you should have never messed with that house you know like they they know they know where you live they'll fall they'll find their things like they have a they have some sort of like connection to that and uh but yeah they they have um they've been known to do that or they'll come poke some fun the, just to get people like uh to know that they're around there or they're in their area like uh people were bothered and like recently when they're gathering teepee poles for our, uh for our arbor or sorry uh poles and willows for our arbor and uh they were out there in the woods camping in the teepees and little people were bothering and picking at them because they were taking trees right from the woods and you know so they had to pick a new area to go get get trees from because <laughs> the little people were starting to poke them with little sticks and waking up with little jabs in their arm and yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah, they do get crafty like that. How do you uh, get on their good side again? Oh, okay. Um, they enjoy uh, they enjoy it like when people are uh, harmonious with the with the with the trees, the plants, and uh, they enjoy that respect. They see the people's respect towards them. The little offerings. Uh, sometimes people will leave uh, offerings for the tree, like such as tobacco or or different little. Um, like, uh, like I said, they'll leave trinkets and stuff. Like sometimes I'll make little like objects out of clay, like little squares, little, little triangles or, or make little round little balls for them to mess around with their little things. Like people leave stuff with them, like for them in that sense. Uh, um, sometimes they like shiny little things too, like little tiny, um, like I said, rings and stuff like that. But like I said, that's up to people leaving little, little like pieces of metal or gems or stuff like that. Yeah, they do enjoy stuff. And uh, that's one way of getting on their good side. Um, like I said, uh, like they they visit, they come said hello to me when I was on the fast there, but through Dream Realm, and they were able to come and see me, and and uh, they come put a little ball orb in my hand, and then they went running off and just laughing. I just remember hearing the laughs; I could still hear it in my head, like laughing. And it was just like the, the most like I I can't ex- like just like a little crowd of little laughs just running. <laughs> And it was, uh, I still, like I said, I still hear it clear as day in my mind. And, um, but yeah, like these things are, um, they're, they're real and they're, like I said, they're part of our, part, part of our earth and our nature. And, and, um, yeah, like, uh, like I said, they're, they're highly esoteric. So they, they, uh, I said, I should say approach beings that are vibrating on a higher level that are connected with the earth and, 
and um, you know what I mean connected with the earth is like you're you're feeling that frequency when you're out in the woods and and uh, you're with a light open heart and you know what I mean you have no malice you have no fear of being out there you're you know what I mean you're you're kind of learning from the woods in a sense you're studying it and you're taking these uh these this download of information and just being in the woods itself right and uh yeah there's like like i mean like the sounds and feeling the smells like it's like i said this is all information just downloading in your mind when you're out there and uh yeah that's just like that's one way of getting on their good side and seeing them or encountering them or are becoming uh more more uh acquainted with them i should say have you ever investigated any haunted forests? Yeah, there was a there was a haunted dog. There was a there was an there was an evil evil dog spirit in the woods one time, and uh, I was with my cousin, and uh, this this dog was we didn't even know who it belonged to or anything. It was real big, and and uh, but it came up and it was like pretending to be real like uh, like joyful and stuff, and they ended up shooting it. And uh, it just stood there, like half its face was off, and it was just still, like, looking at them. And it, it just, it just started darting around until they shot it again, and then it was, it was gone, like it was, it was, you know, in, but it was like trying to dart around and still attack without half a face. And like, and uh, yeah, that's what happened though. It was like a, it was like a real, it was a, just a different kind of dog we never seen kind of deal, like oh. a wild dog. Now the forest is full of mysteries. Have you ever come across a, a stairwell in the middle of the forest? Uh, I've heard of I've heard of these um, of of these wells that lead into earth and stuff like that. I've heard a lot about these, or even sometimes on certain nights, the the month this like or the month like the solar uh, summer solstice, the sun will open a portal into the earth sometimes, or like some of these like circles that look like they're in rock circles. Some of those will like actually become stairways from the portals into the earth and stuff and our like uh, our rock formations will open things like that. And uh, uh, yeah, no, there's these, there's these kind of like things out there that exist. And I've seen uh, markings of like trees, like trees that were stacked and, and uh, different little things like over time that just were kind of a little odd. And, and um, you know, like I said, just from like other, you know, beings or maybe even the Bigfoot as well. Right. And, uh, but yeah, like out in the forest, there's a lot of, tree peekers we call them too there's another being out there called tree peekers and they're just kind of like they almost look like little bark creatures but they're like uh they're real fast and they, they just like go into a tree and they peek around they watch people in the forest and and uh yeah you'll hear them scurrying around and yeah those ones are like 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 actual forest beings like they'll just become part of a tree or just move into another tree yeah yeah my goodness. I mean, are these the, the, the forest dwellers or creatures that are, you know, stealing people? It's possible that some of these people actually uh, entered their dimensions or realms that they open up to them. Um, there's tales of our ancient warriors that um, say like a grass spirit that was able to open up a dimension. And this guy was able to become a shapeshifter and uh, he was able to turn into any animal after that. And these, some like they say, some of these beings, like these animals, these plant spirits, they carry great war medicine. That that's the term that it was used in back then. But uh, these beings were able to somehow like uh, connect these uh, individuals to higher, greater um, vibrations that were just unlocking these uh, these dimensional gifts, I should say. And uh, some of these people were able to control lightning. Some of these people were able to uh, turn into animals. There's one instance where Tasako down south was being chased by the Royal Mounties into the cave. 
and uh, they chased him in. There was no way out. They had it all blocked off, but all came out, but all that came out was a deer. And uh, this is actually written down in Canadian history and uh, Royal Mounting history. And uh, but that guy is a well-renowned uh, shapeshifter, and he was able to turn into any animal. And and, and uh, yeah, that's that's you know some of these things out there in the forest are just beings that we'd never encountered, you know, and uh, they they do they do exist. What are some of the beings that we may not know about that you have hunted on down? Hunted on down. Um, <clears throat> in terms of like uh, like the, the buffalo man eater spirit and the goat man and uh, these other kind of cryptids that are that are that are out there. Yeah. There's one that's in the uh, lake, and uh, it's almost like a it's almost like a creature that can walk on land too, like a big giant. Um, I want to say it, it resembles, it resembles a, almost like a, what do you call those, uh, giant Komodo dragons, and it can swim in the water, and uh, it turns, it, it can be a serpent, and and it comes out of the water, it knocks down trees, and leaves these like clear lines and clear cut lines, and uh, that was like, you know, that thing still like, you know, it was pretty interesting out there, and uh, people say still say they see it out in the waters and and uh, of our lake, and. It, and it dives deep. They say there's a cavern system that connects to a deeper lake underneath our water, like a giant ocean, or sorry, underneath our land, like a giant ocean that this like cavern connects to, like a fresh water and everything. Like it's just like a, like I said, this being this like it, like it's a cryptid swims around and it eats people in the lake every now and then. People go missing. They'll find a foot or an arm. And uh, like I said, this this place is only known to have like kind of like a large jackfish and. Uh, and pikes kind of deal like the walleye sorry pikes and walleye and uh you know what i mean like there's no other kind of fish like the white fish are kind of rare but uh like i said these people just mysteriously go missing like there's almost like a, a person every like 10 years or so that goes missing in that lake or gets swallowed up i should say <laughs> oh goodness let's get some audience questions here and sure. let's go to donna spencer kick things off do the witches live inside of a mountain The one that I encountered, no, um, this one was, uh, this one was, uh, I don't know where she was, to be honest with you. I can't tell you where she was, but, um, she, she definitely was projecting like, like in a sense, like astral projecting. So that's why, like I said, I had to clear her out of there and get her out of there through a portal and kind of send her back in a sense, but she was projecting and, uh, it was met on that kind of battle world and that battle spiritual plane. But, uh, yeah, no, but the witches, uh, they are they are out there, like you know. So, all right, let's move on to midnight or mid Midwest night watchers. Can you fight off uh, anything with chance or spiritual weapons? Yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes the uh, the the chants are called in to bring uh, different elemental spirits that need to be brought in, like fire, thunderbirds, and uh, you know, you name it, uh, like thunder beings. Uh, all sorts of elemental, like the ground, the fires, you know, you name it. Um, spiritual weapons, yes. Uh, like I said, they're usually blessed in ceremony. It depends on the person, right? Like sometimes uh, a person might just use a stone, you know, what I mean? and uh, or you know, it all depends. It really, it sometimes, like I said, sometimes it's a willow branch with some water on it, blessed water, and you know, what I mean? they're splashing, hitting these things that burn them. Wow. All right, let's continue on. Let's go to YJ here. Hey, Travis, where was that goat man? I know there is one in British Columbia. 
uh, the goat man's out in like in our in our northern area. It's been spotted all over from as far as uh, Fort McMurray down to Edmonton. Like it's been it's been our, but like I said, the most recent ones, uh, like I said, in our area up here in the north, kind of near our lake area. So, um, but yeah, like it does it does travel around and it does like it is known to be like like a you know going after people that are like uh, picking up hitchhikers or it's like at parties or or it's uh, chasing people down that are alone in the wilderness. You know, um, so it all depends really. But it is okay. Have you ever been face to face with one of these? Goatmen. Uh, other than like, uh, other than the the stories and stuff I hear, but no, I haven't. I haven't seen the goat man in its in it in its uh, personal personal appearance. But I've, I've I've encountered the people that have have dealt with it or seen it, and uh, like I said, they're they're pretty uh, pretty sure about it, like wanting to be like attaching to people or killing them or taking them, um, taking their souls or something like that. And, uh, like I said, I, uh, too many accounts out here to, to not deny it. All right, let's move on. And Donna is asking again, we got a couple questions from her. Will they, the spirits be opening up portals in your bedroom? Sometimes, uh, sometimes even like, um, yeah, uh, it's all a sense of, uh, keeping your, your energy zone safe, um, keeping a clear watch, um, uh, you know, feeling the, feeling the essence of the room around you, you know, and, uh, creating those, uh, those safe, um, energy fields around you and, uh, you shouldn't have a problem if you become aware of it. But, uh, other than that, uh, like I said, uh, it's all a matter of somebody detecting it or sensing it themselves are getting somebody investigated. All right, let's move to Donna again. Give her the hat trick here. Will the little people try to wake you up when you are asleep to help you? Yep. 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 Yeah. They will. Uh, they'll, yeah. Like, uh, when I seen them, they woke me up that time. So yeah, that's definite. Yes. All right. Doug Shelby, the Doug Shelby is asking, Hey, Travis from good to bad. How do you characterize Sasquatch among the other cryptids? He's good. Um, they're 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 considered a, a like a very very big helper on the dimensional plane, spiritual plane. Um, if you if you connect with them, or they have a connection to you, um, or how deeply you're connected to the woods and stuff, and there will eventually be this encounter or connection to them. And uh, like I said, they're very good. Uh, like I said, uh, if you connect with them to help you out in your spiritual planes and, and, uh, like I said, ceremonies and they are there for, so I consider them like a, like a good, good kind of omen in a sense or a being. All right. Let's continue on here and let's go to Shiro who is asking, do all rocks have a spirit? Please tell us more about rock spirits. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, the rock spirits are <clears throat> the rock spirits are very ancient. One of the one of the oldest grandfather spirits in all of our in all of our beliefs, and uh, that that also too is part of our like the earth spirit, the earth spirit, the rock spirits that uh, we we give up. They give us a form, right? So, like I said, we're made from the earth and the elements, and uh, the earth said it would give us the form. So, but we we have so much connection to the earth, and uh, that's uh, that's one of the one of the older stories, like. Um, when the, the moon 
when the moon woman was met by the moon man, he brought her up to the world in the moon and they had a child and, um, well, they had two children. She bared two children, one, one boy and, and the other was a stone. And, uh, the other, the other stone, uh, killed her when she gave birth to the stone part. It, she died from it. And, uh, the little boy grew up alone and, and, uh, and he ended up, uh, he ended up growing up and finding out, like taking a bunch of spiritual journeys. And that little boy was the one who went off to fight the Wittagu. And yeah, his, he was with Saki Chuck. And um, he ended up uh, wanting to seek revenge when he heard that his mother was uh, killed by this rock that she gave birth to. So he wanted to seek revenge against the rock spirit. So he went across the land and uh, he came across some wolves and he was asking him, do you, do you see this rock spirit rolling around here? I'm looking for him. They're like, why are you looking for him? He's like, they're like, we're, we're, He's like, well, I'm looking for him for revenge. He, he, he was the reason why my mother died. And um, so they, they're like, well, you can hunt among us. So Saki Chuck was hunting among the wolves, and he, he was uh, given a wolf partner to hunt, hunt among with this black wolf. So they went across the lands, and they hunted for many, many like 10 years or so. And then um, later on, it was revealed that, uh, that that wolf, the black wolf, was actually the rock, a shapeshifter. And uh, he's like, the man you're looking for, the the rock spirit is me and he transformed into the rock and and wasaki chuck uh, at that moment was shocked but he, he let go of his revenge because they had grown such a bond from hunting over the summers and uh he let go of his revenge and uh they became brothers and very powerful brothers to this day like in the spirit world so these uh rock spirits are they're they're all around us uh every every rock you hold uh, when you hold it and you sit there in your meditation and you get a vision I guarantee you pick up a different crystal rock and you, you'll get an, another vision and that's the way the rocks speak to you in a sense awesome travis so. i'm gonna get you to hold on right there because we are gonna go to break here at the bottom of the hour we have them for another 30 minutes travis william mustus the legends the stories continue from this paranormal hunter oh, i'm loving this absolutely loving this very much appreciated and all you tuning on in, what a blessing for all of us here at Space Out Radio. We'll be right back. Excellent. I'm going to step outside again. <laughs> I'm enjoying this too. All right. Uh, Gina Ryan Bearfighter, Travis William Ustus, is a member of the Cree Nation in Alberta. Uh, here next to British Columbia. So that's where he is from. Hi, Lunar Tina. How are you? Yeah, I'm going to try and get him to Vegas. Definitely. His name is on the screen. 
I'm sorry, Donnie Cho. I'm sorry. So many of us struggle with mental health issues, and it's important that we take time to prioritize ourselves. That's especially true in dating. Sometimes we just need a break, a full, I don't need any more notifications to pop up on my phone break. I've been there, and I leaned on Bumble's snooze mode to help me take that time to prioritize me. Snooze mode allowed me to pause all of my Bumble activity without losing any of my existing connections or chats. I could choose to hide my profile from potential matches for either 24 hours hours, 72 hours, a week, or indefinitely. I was even able to set an away status, so my existing matches knew I'd be back to pick up where we left off. So I took a week off and came back in a much better headspace for me and my matches. If you're looking for a better way to date, download Bumble and don't forget to lean on snooze mode when you need it. Earth Justice is a national legal nonprofit defending the planet and its people for nearly 50 years. Earth Justice has 150 full-time lawyers fighting in court for our planet's future and representing all clients free of charge. Until people come before profit, all energy is clean, the wild is truly free, and justice stands for all. Earth Justice will never rest. Learn more at earthjustice.org slash never rest. Earth Justice, because the earth needs a good lawyer. Dirty back? Well, he's somewhere there. You know, one of these days, Dave, I'll find where the mute button is on my actual microphone thing. I was wondering where you were hiding. Yeah. You scared me there. I'm, I'm plugging away my Twitter thing and whatnot. Hey, Dave, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, great. Muted. Hi, Looney. Look at this I'm not repeating com- myself. Look at this comment by Donnie Cho. Dave Scott with a haircut is like looking at Mona Lisa with a cold sore. Holy cow. That is from the top wow. rope. That's an elbow right to the solar plexus. I actually appreciate That's a steel that. chair, Dave. Oh, yeah. I actually appreciate that one. I can appreciate that one, Donnie. Love it. Love it. 
And hello, Thurston Howell the third. All right. So I drew Sasquatch gifting site with a pumpkin Very and a nice. flower. Very nice. And a little tiny gem. Well, look at the kitty. Is that a cat? That's a kitty. It's not a cat. A cat. Yeah. Let's see yeah, the cat. Let's, a... let's see the cat. Where are my cats? Unbelievable. Kitty. All right. Before uh, uh, Dirty Filth has a cat gasm, we're going to mute him. Thank you to Cat Chaser, Eddie, Robin, Lara, and Tracy and Trisha for the super chats. Here we go, everyone. Down Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott, and we got a great show about legends and folklore going on right now for all of you. But first, I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Space Down Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with our good friend Travis Willier Mustus, who is coming to us from the Cree Nation up in northern Alberta, and he's talking about all the monsters that he has come in contact with. So let's go straight to Donna here, who is asking, have you ever seen a white Bigfoot come out of a portal and mind speak to you? Um, not so much like mind speak. And, uh, but yes, they do come out of portals and they do, they do enter them. And uh, a lot of times, too, um, <clears throat> it's said, too, when they open these portals, that the medicines around will glow and uh you actually see these like little glowing ambers in the tree where the funguses are and stuff. That's like part of their connection to them. Wow. Okay. Let's go to Midwest here who is asking, have you experienced trees whispering or protecting you of danger? That and also, um, also guiding during hunts, during hunts. Sometimes they'll, they'll guide, guide us to where, um, where the moose are hiding and stuff. So there's deep connections to that. And, uh, and also to respect. Sometimes if you don't pay respects to the trees before the hunt, they'll actually guide the moose and stuff away with, with their aromas. And yeah, they're very, it's very alive. It's very alive. Okay. There's a number of people in this field who have talked about seeing moving trees or missing trees. Have you ever encountered this, this where trees, like giant trees, I'm not talking little ones. We're talking, you know, maybe yeah. 50, 60, 80, 100 feet tall. One moment they are there, and the next minute they are gone. Yeah, yeah. 
areas like uh, big trees in the Swan Hills. They'll uproot and they'll move when they want to. And uh, these beings are very ancient and very old. And uh, they had to carry a lot of wisdom with them, especially if people connect with them. They do tell stories and they do, they do, and they, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that is very much a case over here. How does that happen? It's like uh, somebody will come across an area that has just a big uprooted tree and there's no tree falling. You know what I mean? And uh, and they're like, oh, oh, yo, there's something here. Or maybe a Bigfoot pulled it out or something. You know, there's all the stories that go around that. And uh, But my uncle would say that they did exist. And uh, yeah, they they did. Uh, they did. They do roam the forests like that. And, and um, they plant themselves in, in certain areas where there's not so much toxicity and yeah, forests just thrive with them. Wow. Wow. Okay. Now you brought up whistling earlier or the, the topic of whistling earlier and we had someone on recently earlier and they were talking about the dangers of whistling, the dangers of, of actually being in the forest. And if you get whistled to, Never, ever respond to it. Have you come in contact with creatures that whistle and the reason why they do? Yeah. And uh, sometimes even trickster spirits will make bells and things go off. Say if people are carrying them on investigations, you'll you'll hear the bells and stuff going off before you have the encounter or things go down. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of that actually going on. And... Uh, yeah, so uh, the whistles, though, are sometimes are screams and, uh, yeah, are, like, just abnormal. Like, uh, you hear stepping or stomping in the woods like that. And, you know, like, it's, like, pretty it gets intense out there sometimes. Okay, so what what would be the reason for the whistling? And we're not talking, whistling. We're not talking birds here either. Yeah, this is to get you going. This is, like, to... Like, this is almost like a territorial thing, like a, wet, a whistling to kind of, sometimes it's to, to draw your attention, you know, sometimes, like, it depends on how it hits the person frequency-wise. Um, and uh, a lot of times, like, don't go to it, you know, some people are still drawn to it, and this is part of that. And, uh, uh, like, lot, sometimes there's been stories, like, where people have worn, um, like, uh, almost like, like furs over their ears just to protect them, like in part of the headdress to protect them from those whistles and are the screams of the Witegu. Because like, if you hear that, you're frozen in stillness and they walk right up to you and pretty much rip your head off and, you know, devour you. Wow. And you put yourself in that danger. Son of a gun. Yeah. I'm coming with yeah. you. I got I got to come with you. I have to. All right, let's get to another question here. This one from Big J. Do you have any stories about moving shadows in the forest? All the time. All the time. Uh, my buddy says that he, he he's seeing them. And, um, you know, I've been out there, and we've actually caught some of these things, like going back and forth in the woods and stuff. And, uh, you know, but we never, we never like, we go check them out and never find anything, right? But, uh, or there won't be anything there, you know what I mean? Or, you know, but just like these things do, people do encounter that or hear that. And, and, uh, or even people on the road, there'll be people they'll see on the road. And then, uh, when they get close, nothing, you know, there's like, you know, so there is a lot of that. Um, the, the people who are walking lost, maybe spirits, uh, you know. Okay. So, 
with with the fact that the shadow people are are kind of running around the forest, what is their purpose of being in the forest? There's a lot of energy, a lot of connection. Um, people find themselves out there, and it's it's a whole another dimension that they you know they're walking on that spiritual plane. Um, whether it's a part of their journey or they're lost in that journey and got lost along the way is uh, is a whole another case in itself. Um, a lot of times, too, um, there's a lot of underground water or rivers <clears throat> that we are unaware of that run under the forests, and this creates a lot of different traffic ways for these uh, energy beings to maneuver or roam with or follow, or, you know, they're attracted to that energy, that constant moving of it. Right. Or you know, there's sometimes there's spiritual grounds, and people are still at those places. Right. All right, let's continue on here. Uh, with audience questions. Love V. Love is asking, how old were you when you first were told of these entities from your elders? I was like five years old. Like I was starting, I was like, uh, I was one of the carriers. I was a doorkeeper for one of our pipe carriers' sweat lodges. So I was like very young age. I was carrying rocks in the sweat lodge and hearing these tales. And uh, like I said, my uncle, my two uncles are both medicine pra- well, practitioners, medicine men, renowned medicine men in this area. Um, and uh, like I said, they 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 pretty much uh, helped me understand these things and these ways of life, and uh, that's pretty much like where I've been uh, continuing a lot of my journey from, and and discovering new new acquaintances, a lot of new acquaintances that have come into my life, uh, especially spiritually gifted people, and and uh, with all these uh, you know amazing tales and stuff. So I've been really connected and blessed to be connected with all these people and speak on this radio too. I'm very happy to be here and be, make this connection with you, Dave. And uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was like very young age. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Midnight or mid? Why do I always want to say midnight? Midwest Night Watchers is asking Travis, have you ever experienced shadow warriors or shadow watchers? For our audience, tell us the difference between the two. All right. Um, yeah the the shadow watchers or shadow shadow beings. Um, it all depends on what. Uh, how, how you um, go about it. So when you're in your, say you're trying to sense it, you're trying to use your mind to sense this uh, area or your sensory field, um, you can decipher whether or not it's, uh, you know, of a earthly presence, like maybe a relative, or sometimes you can tell if it's a different, you know, in a different darker energy. And, uh, it, you, and this, this is easy. Humans get it right away. And, uh, and, well, us humans, like we, we, we receptors, right? We're antennas for this, uh, this spiritual world. And, and, uh, yeah, like I said, it's all deciphering of those, uh, dif- different entities and, uh, dealing with them in such ways, like, uh, burning up mountain sages or, or the, or just, uh, self, uh, prayers and whatnot. Have every, any wild animals or these creatures ran in to protect you during, say, an encounter? There was uh, one. There was one time. There was a spirit entity that was a huge giant snake serpent, uh, and it was a dark. It was a darker entity, and uh, we were we were outmatched. Uh, we were we were doing our prayers and our and everything, and uh, this giant thunderbird rolled in and just rolled with it. And uh, this is on a spiritual battle plane, but uh, thank God it did, and uh, we we were saved from from such a well. Thank the thunderbird spirit right coming down and. And uh, saving us and, and uh, creation having pity on us for saving us that day. 
And, uh, yeah, but these things, they do come down and protect us sometimes. And, uh, or like I said, uh, the elementals be carried in with, um, with the, the, like I said, the investigation or like I said, these things come along. Like sometimes there's a, sometimes there's a pail with uh, moss in it and sage burning or, you know, uh, some medicine burning on the top. That's like clearing and cleansing all the whole households and stuff. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, but sometimes these elementals they do come in and save save us and protect us and help us out. And, yeah. All right, let's continue on with some audience questions here. Let's go to Big J. Any forest nymph spottings, or have you ever heard of any forest nymph encounters? One time, uh, um, one time my my cousin was on a, on a vision quest, and uh, this one 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 nymph tried. Uh, with a with a bucket birch birch bucket, tried to come and uh, offer him water, and that and he he knew that was a that wasn't that wasn't a good one, eh? Like a, not a good spirit. So he, he no no, and he stood strong in his fast, and and uh, yeah, that spirit left. Right, it was a bad one. It wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't one trying to come and uh, give him a you know vision or anything, but it was like a test. You know what I mean? So he was we we're all we were all tested in different ways, and, and uh, yeah, but. There's been that. So, like, yeah. Are you here singing sometimes? And, yeah. Well, I can, I can just imagine. I have only ever seen one wood nymph. And my, my son and I were geocaching. And we were walking a trail. This only a couple miles from my house. And we were walking uh, one of the walking trails along the lake. And the lake is probably 50 feet below. on, the, And we're above on this knoll on this embankment. And from the water side, this little nymph, it looked like a, a rotted out two by four, maybe 18 inches tall, comes come strutting out right onto the path in front of us by about 20 feet, stops, looks at us, and then takes off back down the hill. Both, yeah. both my son and I saw him, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's always great when it's like a, a group encounter too like it's always like a then you have three or four people that encountered i um my uncle uh there was this one time the town had a whole the whole town had an encounter of juicard and uh this is uh when the mission was being burnt down the old residential school in our area and uh, the whole town was gathered and they're throwing torches in this building and burning it down and then uh there was a young girl she's just lifted up by her hair little native girl and she's just tossed left and right and like 10 feet just being tossed left and right and there was nothing the whole town could do. They just had to watch, and uh, they they chose never to speak about it after that. But uh, this is like some. This is like when my uncle started beginning his like investigations into the paranormal, and that's when he knew like, oh, this this is a real world. Like I gotta, we gotta, you know, start learning about this, you know, and dealing with this. And but yeah, that's like uh, that was that happened in front of the whole town and whatnot. And uh, yeah, talk about a ghostly encounter, right? Very true. <laughs> Very true. Pixie Lara would like to know, do you have medicine women as well? Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, medicine women. Yes. Uh, there's, there's a lot of that pipe holders. Some pipe holders are medicine women as well too. And uh, like I said, uh, there's a, that deep connection too with the medicines and uh, mess. The women have their own lodges. So uh, it would be to um, approach them with the broadcloth and tobacco to ask them. Uh, usually light colors of, uh, yellow, red, blue, and white or green would do. Uh, 
and uh, an offering for that kind of those teachings and those knowledge. But uh, yeah, they have their own lodges because they have their own story, their own path, their own walk, and and that's uh, I'll leave that to them. Very cool. Let's continue on. Don wants to know what about entities turning invisible? It was not my relative. No human has calves that big, but Bigfoots do. Yeah. Um, uh, invisible entities. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of that. Dimensionals. Uh, especially like during our ceremonies and ancient days, a lot of uh, dimensionals come through or they'll come sit in the, in the lodge sometimes. Like we'll have, uh, like like I said, just different uh, different beings. Sometimes they look like insects. Sometimes they, uh, like I said, they're sometimes they're star beings and uh, they'll come through different dimensional paths and uh, they'll come there with uh, blessings of different sort of like, uh, you know, people will get visions of geometric patterns and all sorts of weird kind of art and or they'll get like uh, blessings of healing and all sorts of things. But yeah, uh, there's a, a case where one one dude uh, was seeing the being right there and then it just went invisible and uh, and he was blown away by it and uh, he thought he was losing it in the woods because it was in the woods when he seen it and like he he didn't know what to, to think, right? So he just like, he didn't really tell anybody that, eh? But kind of freaked him out about going in the woods after that. Yeah, how could you not blame him? There's even been cases where people of uh, were out hunting moose, and uh, when they shot them, they screamed like a human, and it freaked them the hell out. And they're like, "Whoa! Like, did I just shoot a human?" You know what I mean? Because it felt like they did. And uh, and uh, yeah, maybe that was a shapeshifter of some sort. And uh, they, you know what I mean? They were freaked. They were freaked right out. And you know, Blue Cruise would like to know if you've had any Glimmer Man encounters. Uh, like the shiny, shiny suits are, are glimmer men as in like celestial beings that just like are just light and they're just like, like both. Both. Um, um, yeah, no, uh, a lot of the suits, a lot of the ETs wear, they shimmer like that. Um, they're, it's more or less their connection to the ships I, I, from what they tell, like been telling us. And, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, it's all part of their living organism, uh, especially here on earth. Like it acts as like, uh, it could be bulletproof and, all these different like, uh, things, and they've been known to bless some of our our hides with the same kind of uh, uh, bulletproof uh, proofing. Like in, back in the ancient days, there'd be people who'd ride out and they'd have bulletproof uh, furs on them. They literally get shot, and bullets would just bounce off of them. And yeah, like uh, these things are, yeah, they, the glimmerman uh, or the sh- shiny suits. They'll say um, the remember, uh, the medicine man that was picked up on his fast actually said they the, they wore little sh- shiny suits and they had the large almond eyes and and uh they were tall a little taller and uh yeah those are the ones who were asking to heal the people in vancouver well let's uh go to holly here who is asking have you ever encountered an entity that literally scrambled your mind to where you couldn't think yeah yeah there was a there was one time there was like a reptilian being and um uh he just kept talking like he kept telling the story like about underground bases and stuff, and he just wouldn't shut up. And uh... Hey 
So many of us struggle with mental health issues, and it's important that we take time to prioritize ourselves. That's especially true in dating. Sometimes we just need a break, a full, I don't need any more notifications to pop up on my phone break. I've been there, and I leaned on Bumble's snooze mode to help me take that time to prioritize me. Snooze mode allowed me to pause all of my Bumble activity without losing any of my existing connections or chats. I could choose to hide my profile from potential matches for either 24 hours, 72 hours, a week, or indefinitely. I was even able to set an away status so my existing matches knew I'd be back to pick up where we left off. So I took a week off and came back in a much better headspace for me and my matches. If you're looking for a better way to date, download Bumble and don't forget to lean on snooze mode when you need it. Aprovecha los precios más bajos de la temporada de JCPenney. Como toallas de baño Home Expressions Quick Dry a solo $4.88. Y encuentra aún más ahorros en botas para damas y jeans para él y ella de marcas como St. John's Bay, Mutual Weave, Arizona y más. Comenzando en $21.88 cada uno. Compre con estilo. JCPenney. Ofertas válidas hasta el 23 de octubre en selección de estilos. Los precios más bajos de la temporada se refiere al periodo del 31 de julio al 23 de octubre. Se excluyen del cupón. But yeah, no, it was like um, one of those that just kind of, you're like, hmm. And then you start like looking at what he's saying. And you're like, hmm. And then you're like, you're like, oh God, you know, what is this? You know, but, uh, you know, in that sense, you're kind of like, you know, you're just kind of caught off guard. And when you, you start, you know, seeing some of the stuff that, you know, was bringing up was kind of on point. And then, uh, but yeah, that thing was around for a while and then it was gone. You know what I mean? Like things like that, like in dreams and, you know, just coming to visit and visitations and things like that. But uh, it was like a brown reptilian. He had like a brown, brown, like kind of red, yellow eyes. Yeah, it was yeah. brown, yellow. I don't, I don't know how I'd react to that. That's for sure. Let's go to another one as we are running out of time. Black Dragon, one of our favorite veterans, is asking, does Cree have stories of dragons? Yes, yes, yes. There was a, uh, there was a woman of the Northern Lights who, who lived one lived with one in the mountains and uh she grew to love this dragon a lot and uh it was like uh it was like one of those stories where she uh she gave birth and raised this child in in the in the tribe and eventually she died but then uh the the being left to go live back with the the dragon world kind of deal and and uh grew up in the in the in the tribe and knew he wasn't different knew he was different and went back to live in the in the dragon world and uh there's other there's other stories too where there was like giant snakes there was a giant snake and uh the hunters hunted it and when they after they because they were hun- hungry that summer there was no food around they ate the giant snake and uh the young hunter who uh went to go get more hunters when they returned those hunters that ate the snake were all turned into snakes and um they ended up bringing them back and uh and to, into the into the mountains and they lived there and yeah it's like uh they they still they still consider the snake medicine a big big medicine out here and and like uh to honor the snakes and yeah it's like uh it's like a little thing like that you know All story right. like that where they're well let's let's go back to holly we got three minutes to go with you yeah. have you ever encountered something that locked eyes with you so you can't look away or move literally mind scramble you so you can't think or call on jesus Oh, well, like, uh, kind of like, um, like a poltergeist like, or something like that. Yeah, no, I'm, um, 
like when I've encountered these beings, it's uh, it's been kind of like on some sort of level like that anyway. But uh, yeah, like you always got to keep your mind protected and stuff like that. But they do try to. Uh, there's been a t- like a couple times where uh, it's been it's been a tricky one. But uh, yeah, usually just got to use your protection, and, uh, keep your mind, uh, you know, protected with that. All right, let's continue on here as we got one more question for you. I think we can sneak it on in. Paranormal Pixie Lara is asking, I wonder if she still has pink or purple hair. I want to know that. Can you tell us more about the Cree connection to the star beings? Yes. There, there's a lot of um, a lot of tales about uh, the Cree nation and and the stars, even the animals too, and uh, how the animals tried to steal the moon. And there's one story about how uh, the wolves and the coyotes tried to uh, trick the moon beings on the moon to steal the moon, and they weren't successful. And uh, a lot of them were were murdered or taken out, killed, and uh, and that's why the moon, the wolves still hollow like hollow out to the moon. They still hollow like hollow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, howling. Oh, t- sorry. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of those tales there. And uh, yeah, our people, like uh, like I said, always had these connections and visitations for over thousands of years that we've uh, we've been able to uh, connect with that. And like I said, our origins of the sky sky people and this the constant people the constellations. Um, we knew all like uh, through ceremonies we have names for the planets and all the constellations, but we more or less look at them like uh, like the Orion's belt was uh, Manitou the Great Hunter, and he was uh, fighting the great bull, the man eater bulls. That's why you look at Taurus and the, you know Sagittarius right next, and Taurus is right there as the bull. And uh, we have a few other ones there too, like the bear as the as yeah. the big as the big dip. That's, uh, that's another one the, the woman. And, and one uh, star woman, she fell in love with the bear. And the bear was uh, showing her because she lost all her medicine in the water, right? And uh, showing her how to live <clears throat> amongst the amongst the trees, and and uh, showed her all these things. And they uh, ended up uh, being welcomed up in the sky world. And the bear was marked out in the north as a big dipper. And uh, we still call ourselves the Bear Clan too, as well. Very cool. Very very cool. Quickly, twenty seconds or less. Blue Cruise wants to know: Have you ever had any time traveler encounters? Oh yes, um, yeah. Some some beings uh, they'll they'll come through and they get visions out. Like I said, I've I've had visions of Atlantis through this uh, kind of connection. I've seen be- like beings in Atlantis, like how how it looked, what it what, it freaked me out when I first. Well, I'm gonna get you to hold on right there because we are gonna go to break here at the top of the hour. Travis William Moostoos does it again, rocking us with some spooky encounters. Speaking of spooky, we have Swamp Dweller kicking off Hour 3 next on Spaced Out Radio. I'm going to quickly step away here, but I'll let you finish the time traveler story with our audience and and uh, go for it. All right, excellent. Yeah, so I was, uh, I was given these visions of Atlantis and uh, the massive pyramid in the middle of like the, the city was huge like it freaked me out in the vision like i almost lost like connection because of how massive and just huge it was there were sub giants there there were giants and there were like reptilian beings there there were blue hair like they're blue beings like with blue like they were blue and 
And um, like I said, they had a very esoteric lifestyle and um, like mantids were there and they were causing problems in this forbidden laboratory. They were like trying to re like uh, they were trying to reincarnate their queen or something like that. And that reincarnation was just outlawed in Atlantis and it caused a lot of problems between the two spiritual divisions which caused the cloudclism of Atlantis. And uh, a lot of our people had a, a lot of flying tech, like technology and advanced technologies, but because of that collateralism, a lot of us were banned from from that, you know, happening. And uh, and uh, we still see a lot of these uh, traces of that technology in uh, you know in deep south, like in the Andes and other parts of the world where these ley lines and these areas are marked out from for beings in the sky to see. And and um, but yeah, like I said, it was uh, there was a collateralism that happened there, and. Uh, some natives were a part of that and and uh yeah it was like a, a journey to learn and come back and now we're here in this day and everybody has a part to play in it and uh i'm just so happy to be here to share a lot of these experiences and stories um <clears throat> but uh yeah it's been uh it's been quite quite a different one um in terms of like of this uh coming around the second time and uh talking talking more about my uh experiences in in the woods and with these different cryptids and uh, also sharing of the tales, ancient legends. And I'm so happy that everybody came back to check it out and listeners to the future. Thank you for listening and making it this far. We all appreciate you. And um, yeah, I'm just thankful for all the ancestors that were here with me today. And, um, and also for everyone here on this earth and uh, all the legends that spoke on this show and in the past and, and that are going to be on the future. I'm so thankful to be a part of it all. And uh, yeah, it's just been great. Many blessings, you know, you know, and I usually, uh, you know, hi, hi. You know, it's... <laughs> right, I said, I love, I love you, my creator. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you guys all have a blessed night out there and, uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for tuning in. So I hope that answered all your questions. And, um, there's plenty more to share. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a little different without anybody asking me any questions. So I <laughs> just kind of sitting here. Oh, there's one story. So my uncle and uh, this guy uh, recently passed away. His name is Big Eric. They were out hunting by this lake. And, um, well, our lake, the nearby lake. And uh, they're off the coastline or off the shoreline a little bit. But they're more in the woods because they, they knew the tide or water would run up. So they're in the woods and um, there was, it was a clear night and uh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden this water just fell on them like big, like big tub of water pool just dropped down. They're just woken up, shook They're like, they got pounded hard by this water and uh, went right through their tents and everything. And uh, they both got up and they're like, Hey, what the fuck? Well, I'm sorry, but Hey, who's playing this uh, uh, trick on us? What, what's going on? They're mad. Hey, eh? that's why I swore. But so they chased them. Hello, who's out there? They went running in the woods. They looking for these guys. And they couldn't find them. They looked for real long, and then the day started coming up, and they realized that only in their area was all water, like the plants had water on it. So my uncle always said that that there's probably ships in the lake that rode, that flew up out of the water and it carried that water just where they were off the you know off the water lake line there, and and then all that water fell down on them. That was what he said, and uh, I believe him 100 percent because like. You know, the mysteries of that lake, like I said, the, the caverns and the deep ocean that supposedly exists underneath the land. And like, this is a massive ocean. And, uh, but yeah, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed that. And, um, 
yeah, it's like, uh, it's been, it's been, it's been a great one. Oh yeah, as uh, for keeping yourself safe, uh, smudge in the mornings, in the daylight, in the sunshine, and uh, yeah, and uh, you should be all right. You know, smudge your whole house, walk with it around the house, and let the smoke uh, fill the room, and say your prayers and like of light, and and uh, yeah, you'll you'll be all right. You'll be fine. Uh, as for dreams and stuff, look for the deeper meaning. Write it down, or what do you remember? Usually these things stick out for a reason. Um, whether it's warnings or whether it's, uh, you know, um, guidance, you know, it's for all of you. So you guys take care out there. Thank you for joining me again. Once again. Hey, Travis, thank you so much for being with us, buddy. I forgot to mention, uh, I, have a, I have a music channel on YouTube called Planetary Wisdom. If you guys want to hear me sing some funny music about uh what I talk about and everything that I make a lot of it. So there's, you can check. It out. Perfect. Thanks buddy. Yeah. Take care. Dave. It was awesome. Appreciate Man. you. Appreciate you a lot. Yes. yes. Take care. I hope the show goes great tonight and you guys rock on, man. Hey, we'll talk soon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. See ya. Take care. Travis, William Moose to everyone. How awesome is he? He's fantastic. Thank you to Jacques Valet, Cat Chaser, Eddie, Robin, Lara, Tracy, and Trisha for the super chats. Here we go, guys. We're about 10 seconds away from hour number three. Here we go. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Absurdism. Absurdism is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the glam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. Hi, Swamp Dweller. 
My name is Alex, and I come from Cherokee ancestry. Ever since I was about nine years old, my great-grandfather had told me many stories about the legendary Sasquatch on many occasions in Germansville, Pennsylvania. He would have me and my two brothers sit on a wooden bench he made from eastern hemlock trees in front of a bonfire. He was full Cherokee, and he would talk about how his grandfather shared these stories with him the same way with us. One of the stories he told us was that his grandfather had some connection with these creatures. All I could do was give him all my attention as I never looked away, staring into his big brown eyes. He talked about their nighttime rituals and how they'd get responses from the creatures. He said they would talk to them from a distance and understood every word. While my great-grandfather mentioned a few chanting words, I heard something coming from my right, loud steps crushing the ground leaves. My great-grandfather said, don't mind that sound, son. This is what they do, so ignore it until it starts talking. I apologized quickly for turning my head towards the loud steps. He continued their story about their origins, and mentioned that they had been here long since the beginning of time, and they had traveled long ways from Alaska to Canada again, and he taught us some of the words from his native language. I noticed that the stepping sounds had stopped and it was not far from us. It sounded like it only stopped 20 feet into the woods, so I tried my hardest to ignore it as my great-grandfather continued his story. Suddenly, the creature starts to speak. I don't know what it was saying, but it sounded like unknown gibberish. I couldn't help but ask Grandpa if he knew what it was saying, and he said he didn't know. But that's what they do from time to time to communicate with each other. Before I knew it, I heard another one coming from the woods to my left, and it started speaking that same gibberish. I was frozen and scared at this point. I couldn't see anything, but knew how close they were to us. My brothers looked at me in fright and begged my grandpa to return to the house. Grandpa told us everything was fine and they would walk away. I couldn't see eye shine or anything like that. I couldn't even get a glimpse of them. But they finally did start walking deeper into the woods after some time. I hope I never have that same experience again in my lifetime. Thanks Swamp Dweller for sharing my story, and I hope anybody that hears this doesn't have to get this close to a Sasquatch. Well, I accidentally played last night's story. Here's tonight's for you from Swamp Dweller. Double shot. I'm a 17-year-old guy currently living in Phoenix, Arizona. This incident occurred six months ago on an overnight trip in the Superstition Mountains, about an hour's drive east of Phoenix. I'm not going to specify the exact trail because I've been doing this stuff long enough to realize what happens when you post things on the internet. Whether it's a golf course, an abandoned mine, ghost, or whatever it may be, people usually come flocking with a lot of trash and loud music. I took this trail, an eight mile loop through a canyon, a simple in and out overnight trip. I planned to go with my friend, but the last minute cancellation on his part left me on my own. So with a packed bag and a car ready to go, I decided to go independently. Not leaving the house on time and having some trouble navigating through rough forest roads, I didn't arrive at the trailhead until around 5.45, which for those of you who don't backpack is a huge no-no. I had about a 4 mile hike until I arrived at my planned camping spot and it was getting dark fast. So I figured if I moved quick enough, I could get at least two to three miles in before I had to find the spot. This strategy left me hiking a very dark trail on my own with about 15 miles of dirt road between me and anyone else. Walking in the dark by itself is scary, especially for where I was and being on my own. 
Eventually, it got so dark that I could only see where my headlamp was pointing, and that's when I figured I needed to stop and set up a camp. Only using the headlamp as a light source, I tried to move as fast and as quickly as I could. I ended up in a less than ideal spot, but there were some burnt pieces of wood and the remains of a fire circle. Hence, it did look like people at one point camped here, but not any time recently from my estimations. My priority was to get the fire going. I scanned the area around me and found some dry wood and I got the fire going relatively easily. I got my tarp set up and cracked open a can of chili mac I had brought and was looking forward to eating. I felt good. My camp was set up and my food was on fire. The uneasiness from the hike had almost gone away and the concern from the walk-in had virtually gone away. But it was still there in the back of my head, which I think is just a side effect from camping alone in remote areas. To fully understand what happened, I have to explain how my camp was set up. The site I had picked was a small clearing surrounded by large pine trees with a trail about 30 feet to my left. When you are in the woods and you have a fire going, the fire casts a circle of light around it and everything on the edge of that circle and past it is essentially pitch black. I was sitting on the ground near my fire eating dinner when a small rock about the size of a marble was thrown into my camp. I look at the tiny rock in shock as I was positive that I was the only person on this trail that night. I immediately turned my light on and towards the area where I had seen the rock come from but due to the density of the pines and brush, I could only see about 10 feet ahead of me. I spent the next 15 minutes in disbelief as I scanned the tree line that surrounded me searching for whatever or whoever had thrown that rock, not daring to stray away from the fire that, in hindsight, offered me a false sense of security. After sitting down and spending the rest of my time on high alert, I convinced myself that I had somehow kicked the rock or had fallen from a tree. I went to sleep that night not expecting the pure terror that would unfold. I awoke to the sound of rustling leaves, barely inaudible if you weren't listening for them, but they were there. Still in a sleepy daze, I heard the rustling of those leaves, harder to hear as I assumed they were moving away from me. I went to grab the handheld flashlight I left next to me when I fell asleep, but the more I looked, the more scared I got as I realized it was no longer there. I stood up in my sleeping bag ducked out of my tarp and looked around. I could see the light off in the woods. It could not have been more than 15 feet away. It was my flashlight lying on the ground in a pile of leaves. This is one of the few moments in my life where I have almost crapped myself right then and there. The flashlight I had left sitting right next to me when I fell asleep a few hours ago was now 15 feet away from me past the tree line in the woods. I hurriedly slipped on my boots clutching my knife the entire time in my other hand and keeping my head on a swivel. I weighed my options, staying here and waiting the night out or attempting the three-mile hike back to the car in the pitch dark. I figured that whatever or whoever was out here with me was going to have a better advantage on sneaking up on me if I was out on the trail without a light. So I decided to stay at the camp and wait. What's the big deal, deal? Where can you get pizza, bread twists, specialty chicken, and more for just five ninety nine dollars each? Is it at Domino's? He hands off hand-tossed pizza and a marble cookie brownie. He's going, going, going! There's a lot of variety on the radio and at Domino's, too, where you can... Mix and match two or more. 5 each at Domino's. Two-item minimum. Pan, pizza, bone, and wings, and bread bowls will be extra. Ask for this limited-time offer. Prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. 
Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Waited out. Eventually it came back and I could hear it walking through the woods. It was far off, but I could listen to it just barely. It sounded like someone leisurely walking by, like they were on a stroll without a care. Sometimes, it would wander too far away and I would lose the sound of its steps, but then an hour later, maybe two, it would return, still faint as ever. This continued for three or four hours until I listened to the steps getting closer and closer until they finally were about five to ten feet from me. The fire had been tiny as I had run out of wood in my stockpile. Finally, the footsteps stopped and everything went silent. I sat there for two hours, clutching a knife in my hand and praying for two hours, taking the knife in my hand and praying that I couldn't hear anything else. I stayed like that until the sun illuminated me to see that I was alone at my campsite. I packed my things up immediately and sped walk out of there. I don't think I have ever taken down a three mile hike that fast in my life. Finally I arrived at the empty dirt road where my car was parked and nearly sprinted to it as I unlocked my Subaru, jumped in and drove. I didn't stop until I had put at least 20 miles between me and that place. I stopped at a gas station in Apache Junction to buy a Red Bull, but mostly to see and talk to another person. As I exited the store, I read what was written in the dust on the back of my window. Sleep well? Many weird things have happened to me on my various adventures through Arizona, but this is the most mysterious and, quite frankly, scariest, though I thought I'd share it. There's a seriously deranged person living in the Superstition Mountain. Do yourself a favor and stay as far away from those mountains as possible. Right near Apache Junction were two of our radio stations that carry us. We'll give a shout out to Led Novin at the Rattler. And uh, we love Len down there. Len's a gymaholic too. You should see him. He's got like the 24-inch pythons. And, you know, he says his prayers and eats his vitamins all the time. Yeah. He's just a good guy for playing us on the Rattler. So appreciate all our listeners down in Apache Junction. Thank you for tuning us on in. Hey, it is that time of the night where our resident Timbit, little Timmy Senor, he's back for the UFO report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. My good friend, it's good to have you back. How you been? Hey, Dave, it's good to see you. Good to be back. Thanks for having me. And I already know you're going to get me really mad tonight. Really, really mad. I know what's going on. I In one of my private chat groups that I'm in, 
with a bunch of scientists, journalists, and other people involved. We're talking about this. And I am just ripping everybody who supports this whole NASA movement. And understandable. I'm going to sound like a broken record tonight. I really mm-hmm. am. Because NASA today, with all of their glory and flag waving, has announced their UAP study team members. Fill us in, Tim, because I'm about to explode. Absolutely. Um, And so before I report on that, I must update you, too. Uh, I did get to see your film last night, produced and directed by Darcy Weir, uh, Secret Space UFOs, NASA's First Mission. And so do I understand why you feel the way you do about NASA? I absolutely do. That's a, a very revealing program and stellar work with the Velvet Voice, my friend. Absolutely stellar. Just fantastic. And uh, we should all run out and go see it, if nothing more than to get a little extra Dave offline. So much fun. Appreciate the plug, man. Appreciate that. Really great work. Really great work. And so NASA announces unidentified aerial phenomena study team members today. And so NASA has selected 16 individuals to participate in its independent study team on unidentified aerial phenomena. And observations of events in the sky cannot be identified as aircraft or or known natural phenomenon are categorized as UAPs. And so this independent study will begin on Monday, October 24th, which is coming up very soon. And over the course of the next nine months, the independent study team will lay the groundwork for future study on the nature of UAPs for NASA and other organizations. To do this, the team will identify how to, how to data gather and to use civilian government entities, commercial data, and data from other sources. And so this can potentially be analyzed to shed light on UAPs, and it will potentially also recommend a roadmap for future data analysis the agency is going to get in the future. And so the study will focus solely on unclassified data, and a full report containing the team's findings will be released to the public in mid-2023. And so just to pause here for a moment, let's just kind of underline this from, you know, this is not NASA protocol that we've seen before. Dave, I already know that you're going to be skeptical. Do you think we're going to get the blacked out report, the uh, censored photographs, and more of what we've seen from the past and demonstrated in your recent film, in fact, uh, about NASA's, NASA's center, censorship, I will go into a little more here, but briefly just touch bases with how you feel this uh, quote-unquote uh, con- a full report containing the team's findings. I think it's going to be crap. Is it going to look? I think it's going to be crap. I'm just going to say it right off the bat. All right? And, Tim, before I get deep into this, because this literally... This one subject could take us for the rest of the show. I'm going to try not to, but it could take us for the rest of the show. You saw the latest documentary, 
that I was just in. You just brought it up, uh, courtesy of Darcy Weir. It focuses on NASA and their pilots and astronauts who have reported claims of seeing unidentified objects while in space. All right? I want you to explain first in detail, okay? It doesn't Look, my little part in it doesn't matter. I'm just a voiceover guy in that, okay? So it doesn't matter about me. I'm saying information-wise, okay? You watch that documentary, like you said, and you can now see why I am very upset about this. Very upset. I want you to explain why to our audience who has not watched this documentary yet. Yeah. Um, it the, the film very clearly demonstrates how hundreds of images have been doctored to censor out questionable artifacts in their imagery. They took firsthand accounts of all of the astronauts that tried to convey what was happening around them as it was happening and um, wouldn't offer any advice to potentially scared astronauts that there were out there exploring the uh, edges of outer space. And along with that, when the astronauts came back to the Earth, it was very clear that there was a protocol of how things would be censored and that astronauts would never talk about quote-unquote fireflies as John Glenn did in public. And um, that was the sort of thing that would get you very quickly to lose your wings. And so that was something that astronauts avoided. Um, And so it's a very clear um, process that was obviously went, you know, gone through with this organization to censor absolutely everything. How did you feel when you heard the cockpit voice of the X-15 pilot flying at 314,000 feet, explaining what he is looking at in the sky beside him. Um, I found it incredible, and I felt like I was up there with him. And the absolute silence coming from back at Houston when he was asking for a response, maybe they were out of radio signal, Or maybe they were just leaving him hanging, hoping he would turn his attention back to his protocol. But their silence put a shake in his voice. And you could tell that he said things like, I hope you can hear me, and things like that. That's not usually what an astronaut would say if he felt confident about what his uh, surroundings were. And so I felt that just leaving that astronaut hanging was pretty hard to listen to. So the documentary is this, Secret Space UFOs, NASA's first missions, our first astronauts saw UFOs. This is what you need to do. If you want to know how much NASA is lying to you about unidentified aerial phenomena, check out this film, this documentary by Darcy Weir. It can be found right now on Amazon Prime, Hulu, Apple, uh, Google Play, Apple TV, and many more places. And I'm telling you, it's worth the...